You are listening to selfdiscoverymedia.com, where illumination and inspiration is about a click away, with so many genre topics for you on everything that you need to know in life. We celebrate and share the people who have taken the journey before you and who are now here to serve you with their wisdom and their knowledge. The next show coming up is... Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Choose Positive Living right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and we have the wonderful Jeanette de Pate back with us again. She's been with me here before. She's exciting. She's exuberant. <laughs> and she is a full-size body who knows how to make it active and helps other people to be active in life. It's not about the size of you. It's about what you do with it. How do you stay healthy? How do you stay active? Size should never be a problem, nor your health. So we're going to be talking about how you can age actively and stay healthy, have fun doing it, and just look at life in a different way. And I promise you, you will. There's a show I did with her some time ago, and there's something she did in Times Square in New York, which I thought was pretty awesome. It was a hot flush flash dance. So everybody who was having those hot flushes were out there having a flash dance in Times Square. This is the kind of person she is. She always looks forward to making something exciting and uh, and you forget that you're being active, which is kind of the way we want to get you. Uh, she's professional in this business. She goes and helps people, and doesn't matter with disabilities or shape sizes or anything, and helps them be active according to what they can manage. But most importantly, enjoy it. Because I know, you know, oh, aches and pains, I don't feel like doing it, or I'm tired today, I don't want to get out there. And it's how do you make it into a routine that you look forward to by making it fun. So Jeanette, welcome back to the show, love. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here with you today. And we have a beautiful pooch in the background there. So I'm going to be virtually <laughs> hugging it every now and again. <laughs> Join the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> she, uh, she knows how to chill. She's very, very good at it. That's good. Yes. And, you know, it's, uh, that's also something that we also have to look at, isn't it? We're, we're living in very stressful times. I don't think I know anybody that's not under some form of stress. And that true. can cause health problems. It also causes you to hold on to weight. And then, you know, people get sluggish and they go, oh, but I used to do this. I can't do this anymore. And all oh, the stress is tiring me out. How do we de-stress. Let's look at that one to open up with. How do we de-stress by stepping into some form of exercise, no matter what our physicality is or our shape is? Well, I think a lot of how we de-stress with exercise depends on how we approach exercise. Mm -hmm. So if we look at exercise as yet another thing we have to do and some sort of punishment because we don't think our body is the right way, it, it really adds to the stress in your life and that's not what you want. However, if you can find some sort of exercise that can be fun and entertaining and something you look forward to, then it really can help minimize the stress in your life. And a lot of it depends on your workout personality, your workout style, and finding the thing that's right for you because not everybody's the same. Right. There isn't a one size fits all, as we know, in, in everything in life, right? It doesn't matter your, your size, your lifestyle, everything. There is not one solution for everybody. And we just have to be willing to take the journey to discover what's right for us. I think that's really true. So 
I think some people are very solitary exercisers and for them exercise is a more meditative process. So they'll go for a long walk or a long run and, and they may meditate or pray even while they're doing that activity. And that's one approach. Not so much my approach, but I think that's a great approach. Mm -hmm. Some people have a very high intensity approach to exercise and they want a coach that's going to be fierce and that's going to get them to really work to their full capacity. But a lot of people just don't want to take exercise that seriously. They know it's important, but they just really want to relax and have a good time and dance to songs about chickens. And those are my, <laughs> those are my, right? A song about chickens, it's probably in my repertoire. We don't want another duty to do, right? Mm -hmm. Another chore to do. We want to do something because we have fun doing it. Right. You know, I used to with my kids kind of put on Queen and um, dance to we have the champions or whatever and it was always let your sillies out and yeah. you know we're all dancing around everybody's throwing arms in different ways who cares we're moving we're having fun we're laughing we're singing along at the top of our voice and that's an exercise in itself and it lifts everyone up so this seriousness is something we've got to take out of exercise right well i mean there are people for whom that is the right approach and mm -hmm. they're nothing wrong with that if that's what floats your boat if that's what motivates you then awesome but for a lot of people that form of exercise is uncomfortable and intimidating and so for those people that approach would not be very comfortable uh, by the way we have found a 24-hour all queen streaming channel <laughs> <laughs> And uh, one of the things that my husband and I do, and um, I've done with my little nieces, well, they're not little anymore, they're getting married, but <laughs> when they were little is uh, I would just holler out dance party and we would all run to the mm. living room and flip on a song and just dance for one or two songs, you know, yeah. six, seven minutes. That's enough to sort of shake off the cobwebs and then you can go yeah. back to work in a different frame of mind. We have so many people today, like myself, the computer, you know, I could be here eight hours a day easily, um, especially when the computer's running slow. <sighs> so not only are you getting frustrated and tense, but you're sitting in a position and you shouldn't be because your body needs to move. Um, one needs to, if you're in this, because so many people now are, are behind the computer to run their business. You know, what kind of exercise would you suggest that they do? Take a break, have a pause. What would you suggest that they do to kind of shake those sillies out and get the body moving? Well, one of the first things I'm going to suggest is that you just get a plain old kitchen timer, you know, one of those big mm -hmm. dial timers. Mm -hmm. And I set mine for 20 or 30 minutes so that every half hour or so, it's going to make a loud noise and remind me, okay, it's time to get up off the chair and move around. So the break part of it is sort of the first piece. And there's a lot of different things that you can do. I mean, one exercise that I often do in my chair, I'll just roll back a little bit and show you here, is just a stretch where you, you lift up and then you go forward and then you go down and then you go back. I mean, it's just a matter of loosening up your back. Mm -hmm. You can go do a few house laps. That's something I've done a lot. You just walk around the house a couple of times. It's even better if you can get outside and catch a little vitamin D yeah. and um, the little fresh air helps sort of give you a new perspective and helps you sleep at night. So yeah. any of those things, dance party, 
that's something I've done, or, you know, those are all things that you can do to just shake it up and get out of your head and back into your body for a little while. I mean, not only are you being kind to your body, um, but it, you've also kind of shaken, shaken things off and you come back with a different clarity and a different enthusiasm instead of, oh God, this is a chore and it takes so long. You know, now you come back, you feel refreshed and, and everything seems to go faster. It goes slow mm-hmm. when you're feeling sluggish. So if you've given yourself a little rejuvenation, everything now seems to speed up and there's more enthusiasm mm-hmm. of what you do. Absolutely, absolutely. But the other thing that I recommend as far as exercise for people of all ages is to find a crew, right? Find some Mm -hmm. people that are fun and ridiculous and like-minded that you really look forward to seeing every week. Because I think for many of my students, it's really as much about the social part of it as it is about the exercise part of it. And that can be an online crew. Maybe that's people from a live stream that you're, you're meeting every week or people that you meet in person. But that social and interpersonal connection is another angle to this whole exercise thing, especially as we age and in some cases we're widows or widowers and, and, and we might slip into isolation. Yeah. That emotional connection really helps with longevity and quality of life. So find a tribe. Find a tribe, yes. Mm-hmm. And of course with the computer, you could all just kind of put on queen and you can all be on zoom at the same time or exercising at the same time, laughing and egging each other on. So if you can't physically meet due to weather or location, who says you can't do it here? Well, I'm going to be starting up some new live streaming uh, activities pretty soon on Facebook. So people should check me out at uh, the fat chick on Facebook and join my group and you will know about our next sort of spontaneous dance party. So you Excellent. can go along wherever you live in the world. Perfect. And that's what we need because we've got to understand this is here. It's not going anywhere. You know, virtual is becoming even more so. So then go with the tide. Stop trying to go against it. And you're doing this on Facebook where you can just have, you know, okay, time everybody, you know, and just get into it. Yeah. Um, you're bringing people together. Now mm-hmm. they can start commenting, meeting. Oh, I didn't know you were my neighbor. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, it's so interesting because uh, some of my strongest exercise supporters now are literally three houses away. And we didn't know each other until we yeah. had a house party a couple of years ago. And now they dance with me four or five days a week. Right. Right. So. And I think there's, there's something about the world today where we have everybody at our fingertips. But we've become more isolated in so many ways. Uh, you know, um, I'm, you know, not um, a pack person. I'm very kind of solo. But I take myself for walks and I go for coffee and I go places. And I'm extremely happy to talk to someone next to me. You know, I'm extremely happy to start a conversation. And I live in wonderful Victoria, BC, where, it, you know, it is a, an international city. And you never know who you're going to meet from, from where. And it's... But I'm okay to put myself out there. And I know so many other people that aren't. And so you really do have to make the effort some way. Don't dismiss this machine because right. it is one that can actually guide you to people that you find out are oh, just, you know, a town away or a few houses away, streets away, right. or there's a local place you can both go and meet mm-hmm. because you don't know where it's going to lead you. And then, as you said, they could be your dance partner, your exercise partner, or just become a damn good friend. Right. 
And you know, it's funny because I, I take Molly out a lot. And um, so a lot of people I don't know their names. I just know their dog's names. I'm like, that's Fido's mom and that's Dog's dad. <laughs> you know, you know a, an animal can really uh, change. Yes, yes. They meet, and you know, I'm a dog accoster because I lost mine three years ago. So when I walk down the street and I see a dog, I have to, I have to please let me hug, you know. And it's a great icebreaker. Um, Really is. So you know, we've we've got the stress. It's take the mindfulness before you get so wound up and go. Oh, I notice the claws are coming out. You know, what can I do to de-stress? So maybe you walk away from your computer and you put on a silly dance, but maybe you're in the office and you can't. So, you know, other than kind of just stretching in the seat, is this something that people can do in the office, um, you know, or at, at retail work, being standing all day and, you know, just everything is just feeling cramped up. Have, have you got some ideas for people there? Sure. Um, one thing that you can do almost anywhere is isometric exercises. So you can take various muscle groups in your body and squeeze them real tight and hold it, keep breathing while you're doing that, but hold it real tight for 10 or 15 seconds and then release. Even that little bit of activity will both build strength in your muscles and get oxygen into your body and help you relax and focus on what's in front of you. Like a contraction. Uh, like a contraction, right? <laughs> yes. Everything together, you yep. open it up and go, ah, and you make <laughs> it big. And, and that process kind of loosens up the, the hinges a bit, you know, get a little oil in the hinges. Mm. Um, if you work in a retail location, it's tough. Standing is hard on your body. Mm. So Maybe on your lunch hour, if you can go for a little walk, or a lot of times now there are sort of courtyards where you can do a little chair stretch um, and reach down and really loosen up those hamstrings and, and relax those parts of your body that tend to tense up when you stand. Also, if you stand all day, you're really going to want to work on your abdominal muscles because <clears throat> the posture tends to go with the, with the abdominal muscles uh, weakening everything kind of gets out of whack and mm. certain things get stretched in the wrong way. And that can lead to pain, but um, pain is an issue. I mean, oh, yeah. we should talk about for real. Yes. I'm going to talk abdominal muscles while we're still on that. You do not have to have a six pack to have abdominal muscles, right? Very few people um, are genetically capable of achieving a six pack. No matter what they do. I have a keg. It's magnificent. And a keg yes. is better than a six pack. Anyway. <laughs> but, um, it, that's not really what's important. It's not important what they look like. It's important the strength that they have because a lot of times pain in the body comes from imbalance where mm-hmm. one set of muscles is much stronger than the other. Right. So for most people, the fronts of their bodies, well, okay, quadriceps, that's the front of your thighs. Most people are stronger than the hamstrings and that's mm-hmm. the muscles on the back of your thighs. So that balance tends to pull the hips and the knees out of alignment. If the abdominal muscles are not as strong as the back muscles or the gluteal muscles, which is very common, then that tends to get pulled the other way. So it's really good to think about all of those different places in your body where you need muscle balance. Biceps, triceps, uh, pectoral versus uh, rhomboids and uh, trapezius. So uh, that you can really have 
that balance really helps avoid pain all the way through the body, the whole kinetic chain. Yeah, so don't be fooled, you know, that you have to be, you know, a body workout or to, to have that. It doesn't matter what the size you are, you can still strengthen those muscles uh, in order to keep your body in balance. So and as a matter of fact, looking fantastic is not necessarily mean that your body is functioning in a way that's fantastic. Right, right. Saying. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, again, don't assume, right? Mm -hmm. It uh, all comes down to kind of what we're individually doing for ourselves. And I think a lot of it is know thyself. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and, and know thy physician, right? Find somebody who can help you. Mm -hmm. If you're in pain, um, there's a lot that physical therapists and podiatrists can do. I mean, it may, mean, it may be as simple as needing a new insert in your shoe or a new shoe. And that might be, you know, your neck pain, your shoulder pain, your hip pain, your back pain, your knee pain, your ankle pain. Any of that can come from your feet not being in the right position. So it starts from the bottom and works its way up. Yes, yes. I mean, you know, the Chinese use the you know the foot uh, for the the bottom there and we've got to remember that all those pressure points at the bottom of our feet go straight up right up to the brain and down right. again so yes look after those feet don't go and wear those uncomfortable shoes just because they are the fad nope. comfy i'm i used to i paid the price <laughs> and now it's comfort <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't have those shoes anymore i'm like forget about it yeah. there is nothing in life as important as not being in agony okay. yes yes <laughs> exactly comfortable <laughs> shoes are sexy <laughs> yeah. you, you wanted know, to take your miserable is not sexy. oh no 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 yeah. no it, it definitely is and you know you kind of see you know young ones which i did walking around in the stiletto heels and you know they're partly leaning forward and you know they're in agony but they're trying to kind of look long and sexy and slinky and all you can hear is ouch 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 as they walk <laughs> so yep. don't do it to your body please <laughs> now you wanted to take us down another avenue but i had to hit the stomach muscles first though right <laughs> don't hit my stomach <laughs> muscles ouch <laughs> um seriously though i want to talk about pain because mm -hmm. as we get older this is something we experience more and more including oh, yeah. me i mean uh, you know, we play this game every day. Do I need to call the doctor or am I just 50, right? There's this game. We play. <laughs> because things change as we get older and yes. they work differently. And anybody who tells you different is either exceptionally lucky or lying. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there is a tendency when we're in pain to want to slow everything down and lay down and rest. And there are times when that's appropriate, like when you have an acute injury, when you've strained or sprained or broken something, absolutely. But when you're talking about those age-related, age arthritis-related pains, it's better if you can to keep moving. And as hard as it is sometimes to get myself started, I always feel better afterwards. I have many students who say the same thing. Mm -hmm. But I do want to acknowledge it's hard. So I tell my students, you only have one step you have to do. There's only one bit of choreography you must learn, and that's the get your butt in the door of the class step, right? That's it. <laughs> yes. And everything after that is optional because getting in the door is the hardest part. Yeah. Once yes. you get there, you see your friends, the music's pumping, you're going to dance, you're going to have a great time. The real challenge is that moment where you've only got a 15-minute window 
to either get out of bed and make it happen or not make it happen. That's the critical moment. And that's where you have to have this sort of delayed gratification thing and say, I know I will feel better. I'll just go. If I hurt too much or I'm unhappy or I'm not feeling it, I don't have to do it. Right. Most people, once they're there, they're like, here, might as well. And, and when you are there, it doesn't mean you go full force. You know, no. you might only be in first gear. That's fine. That right? there, are, there are some days you can get into fourth gear. Hallelujah. But don't feel, oh, I've got to get into fourth gear and push myself. And no, then you hurt yourself. Again, listen to your body. Um, I think that's really true. And that's one of the reasons that I have always formulated my classes as either sitting or standing. Right. Because... I don't care how fit you are or how strong you are. Everybody has good days and bad days. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to adjust down to make it so easy for everybody that they don't get any benefit, right? right. So if you do a fully seated class, unless you're dealing with a very deconditioned population, it's not challenging enough. Right. That said, not everybody's ready or able on any given day to do a 60-minute standing workout. Right. So... We always say sitting and standing are equally awesome. And you just pick from moment to moment, from song to song, how you feel. And if you feel like you can do that. You know, I, I suffer from fibromyalgia and, uh, and a few other things that go along with that. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I certainly can't run. You know, I just can't. <clears throat> I can walk at a certain pace. Walking's fine for me. Swimming is fine for me. Um, as long as I'm flat, you know, flat ground, not hills of stairs and things. And, you know, because one of the things they say about fibromyalgia is that just an everyday walking about doing things is an aerobics for us. And, you know, this kind of got me really frustrated because, you know, I, I do love to dance. I do love to do things. And then it's, I can't because if I don't, I crash. You know, so it's knowing your limits. It's knowing exactly what you can do. Um, and it, don't try and be what you were before. Try and learn to listen to your body now. What can you do within those parameters? And I've got days where I, you know, can walk into town. I can walk around. I have my daughter and her son and her husband here over the weekend. And I said to him, you know, it's mama's walk you know, not your walk because they walk marathons, but still mama's walk. I'm still (sighs) trying to keep up. And I knew I was going to crash on Monday. Mm -hmm. I knew it. I'm going to pay the price for it. Um, But don't deny yourself doing some things, but do allow yourself the recovery time. Don't beat yourself up because you can't do, you know, I've got friends, I'm 20, 65 in a month. I've got um, hosts on here that are 60 that are still dancing, that are, are working out. I mean, they're toned, they're wonderful, absolutely gorgeous. And they're the lucky ones that still have, you know, the ability to do that. Don't compare because this is your right. body that you've been given. You've got to live within your parameters. It doesn't mean there's a weakness or a failure or anything else. This is just your baggage. Deal with it and do mm-hmm. what you can with it, right? Because that attitude is really important on how we look at it, isn't it? I think so. And I think here's the thing about comparing it. You never really know exactly what Mm -hmm. somebody else is going through. Some things are visible. Some things are not visible. You don't know what the challenges are in their life. And it really doesn't matter because it's kind of none of our business. Um, I think, you know, it's really about my body today. 
Where is my body today? What can I do with my body today? And some days it's taking a shower. That's it. That's mm-hmm. what you do. And that's mm-hmm. okay if that's where your body is today. Um, I've helped a lot of students come back from heart surgery, come back from strokes, come back from really challenging situations, little by little by little. But I will tell you that if you can find a good group of loving people to hang out with, that recovery will happen faster. Yeah. Well, my students that um, are lucky enough to live nearby, uh, you know, they recover really fast because they've got their peeps and they know that they're going to be calling and asking about them and they better wheel their walker right in the gym. (laughs) And they, they come with their walkers and canes and then they gradually improve. But you know, no, nothing is promised. Not prom. Tomorrow is not promised to yeah. any of us. And so, it's really about finding a little bit of joy and a little bit of love in each day when you can. And then, you know, what you're offering in the in the group setting, even like on Facebook where anybody else is in the world, a lot of people, especially when they step into a physicality that is challenging, feel alone. Yes. Right. You know, you feel, well, this is a personal attack on your body, your psyche, your life, and you feel alone and you don't want to burden other people with it because nobody wants to know. And that isolates you even more. So, you know, being a part of a a group, you know, where you're going to do your best, you're going to start the conversation. You're going to find that somebody else has got an issue, maybe not yours, but something else. How do you manage that? Let's support each other. You know, let's cheer each other on or let's just give each other nurturing when we need it. The right. thing is, don't be alone, right? I think that's really true. And if you can find a way to laugh, it's so much better. Yeah. I laugh so much in my class. And, you know, we, we laugh about the things that happen. Like um, <laughs> one of my students could never remember Mustang Sally. So now that song is Mustang, what's her name? It'll be that forever. <laughs> because you can some people choose to fight aging and and that's okay that's an approach Mm -hmm. but uh my approach is to laugh about it because it it is and some days it's a bitch it just you know and and you just have to kind of make the best of it okay you know that's a new thing and and deal with it as best you can but you know that's why i work so hard and when we have chicken songs and we have songs with feather boas and we have you know crazy songs in french and in all of these different things with joke words and stuff because laughing is another kind of therapy and if you can get social exercise and laughing all at the same time that's like the trifecta for me that's like a big win and, you know, it doesn't matter if you have to wear the Depends because you're laughing so much, you know? <laughs> yes. Laughing since a hysterectomy is different than laughing before. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I've discovered, yeah. And, Sometimes you know, as you, you said, like you're, just, a bonus that you get a bonus. you're going to find there's more people in common in the same boat, right? And it's just a question, how did they deal with it? And, you know, some people can push through, but I know, doesn't matter how much you push through and try and ignore that you have something, it's going to push back at some point, right? Uh, you, you know, as Papa says, I am what I am, you know, and this is who I am right now. This is my body. And I have to, to, to live with it. Now, and of course, when you do have something, people don't see it. 
right? right? And then, but when it comes into you doing something, well, why can't you do that? You know, the exterior looks all right, but the interior can't do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thing is just to say, I know my limits. Right. I know my limits, right? Don't let anybody else impose on you. Well, I can do that. Right. Don't, don't let anybody impose on you. Know, oh, well, I can't. Well, and understanding that certain types of limits are going to be different every day of the week. I mean, some days you're going to be able to do certain things that the next day you can't. But like one thing, I have it written on a post-it note right next to my desk and I look at it every day. And that is, I am a, I am not a persona. I'm a person Mm. and that's okay. Right. I think some of us have gotten to this point in our lives where we try to be a persona, this perfect view Mm. of what we wear and how we look and what's on our Instagram and all of that stuff. And that just creates an enormous amount of pressure to live up to this sort of ideal of perfection that I find is really destructive. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I say, no, I, I don't have it all figured out. I have days where I exercise. I have days where I say hell with it and I sleep in. That happens, you know. I have days where I feel great. I have days where I'm in pain. I have days where I feel young. I have days where I feel 104 years old. That's life. That's what it's like to be a real person. And I think when you give yourself permission to be a real person in the world, to show yourself as a real person in the world and give up the idea of sort of managing your, your persona, life gets a lot easier. Yeah. You know, there's, there's days you're going to feel fat. There's days you're going to feel thin. There's days you're going to feel gorgeous. There's days you're going to feel like back end of a bus, you know, and that is just life. You know, it's just as what's happening to you. What are you dealing with? How well did you sleep? How well are you eating? And you know, I mean, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. the, the thing is, is, you know, again, it, we're looking at more and more people today who are facing challenges. Yet the media is up there giving us Barbie and Ken and the housewives. But then when you look at them and the, all the, the plastic surgery and the tux and the this and that, you know, if, uh, if you could afford those treatments, would you go and do them? Or do we just accept ourselves the way we are? I think when we look at the amount of death that we see out there today, I think we have to be grateful for aging. We've still got the gift of life in our hands. What are we going to do with it? And yeah, you know, have a moan and a bitch now and again when you feel miserable, all right? Get it off your chest, but don't get stuck there. I think that's true. And and I think, um, you know, it's easy to sort of blame the media for this obsession, but it's really about something that happens inside of us. Because we so desperately want to believe that we can control everything, right? <laughs> so we want to believe that, you know, if I, if I, if I take my ginkgo biloba and I do the crosswords every day, I'm not going to have dementia. And if I, and if I, you know what I mean? And if I go for a walk and I take the dog twice a week, I'm never gonna, you know, I'm never gonna die. I'm going to live forever because I, I ticked all the boxes. Right. Yep. So, as consumers, we love to read these things because we want to be reassured. I'm never going to get sick and I'm never going to die because I did the right things. Unfortunately, that's completely not true. Right. right. And so I think it, the media is just giving us what we ask for, which is uh, false promises about life. 
And I think it's sort of our responsibility as consumers to say, mm, I'm going to accept that I really have things in my life I can control and some things that I can't. And that, right. that's okay. Don't let it affect your self-esteem. Yeah, well, it's going to affect your self-esteem, but do the best you can. Yeah, yeah exactly, well, yeah. This is like what I said about this person, persona yeah. thing is most of the time I feel great about myself. Not every day. Right. I have days. I have crabby days. I have, you know, we all do. But I think it's about finding techniques that allow you to be happier and healthier in the long run. And most of the time, those techniques are about finding a friend, finding a good laugh and giving yourself a break. Right. And, and moving. Moving. You know, but, and the thing is, it's not just about physical moving. It's about not being stagnant in your persona or your thought or your past you know is life is fluid it's constantly yeah. keep moving I don't care if you're you're 50 60 70 80 I live with an 86 year old she still drives she still works she's got more energy than I have we were down at the splash symphony on the water here in Victoria uh -huh. the other day and at one point they said we want you to get up and dance I, I was kind of boxed in and I was filming it and she just got up just busy dancing along she's just you know she's a sprinter in life exuberant she gets so much joy out of it we get bogged down by so much on the news and um, the expectation and other people's opinion and and what we should be that we forget about who we are and what we are and what we love to do and celebrate it i think that's true but i'm also going to tell you there's a wonderful gift that comes as we get older called disinhibition right <laughs> <laughs> when we're younger we're like oh i can't do that people might not think i'm cool and you know you get to be 100 and you've got your underwear on your head right <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's, this yes. spot, there's a spot in between where you're gradually learning to really care less yeah about yeah. how people perceive you or how you're being seen and like one of the my favorite things about my classes is in my senior classes this disinhibition thing if you encourage it it, mm -hmm. it grows real fast and yeah. they just don't care anymore if right. they're ridiculous i'm like you're gonna flap your arms like a chicken they're like okay we're chickens <laughs> no, and, and believe me they flap at a certain age <laughs> yeah, they, they, like, i got hello goodbye arms too. that's okay but it's it's really about um that is a gift that comes as we get yeah. older if we allow it into our lives is to just say the heck with it I like the, the butler from Gone in the Wind. Quite frankly, um, I don't give a damn, you know. <laughs> and it's, I think, I think we have to lighten up, don't we? You know, we, we've been, there's times to be serious. There's times where you have to be diligent and, and pay attention. Absolutely. But I think if we lighten things up, we not only release the stress, um, we find more joy and laughter and, and exuberance in life. And then we realize that all that seriousness that was overdone, you know, it was, it was living up, you know, my, my shows, like I can say a common denominator is if people are living up to other people's expectation yeah. and not being true to who they are, yeah. and, you know, our life's journey, no matter what our age is about being true to who we are living from the inside out without any apologies, mm -hmm. you know, black, white, pink, polka dot, stripes, fat, fin, who cares? You know, it's about how true to who you are, what's your beautiful purpose in life and how do you contribute? I think that's true. I, I've not met anybody yet who said, I need to find more reason in my life to be serious. There's <laughs> plenty in life to be serious about. There is. Right. And, 
you know, I've, I've spent more time visiting friends and family in hospital rooms over the last two years than I really care to admit. So when there are those times that you need to be present and you need to really be in compassion and focused on those things, then you need to do that. But any chance I get to get out of that space, I'm going to get out. I'm going to take every opportunity I can because life gives us plenty of things that are serious, but actually life gives us plenty of things that are ridiculous. If you learn. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, quite honestly, if you try to make sense of what's going on in the world, you're going to get into a depression. I promise you, you know, I do occasionally because again, as an empath, I keep feeling all these things and it's like, Oh my God, human beings, what are you doing? You know, why are you taking, this so serious this person has a different faith this person has a different skin this person has a different you know sex this person has a different that so what so what why not oh what's your culture what do you do in your culture oh let's try some of that right why do we get to know each other instead of this constantly you know i'm better than you and that conflict is all the insecurity that lies within us and i think we get caught up in this wave of what's going on around us. And really we do need, you know, a, another flash dance out there in every city in North America mm-hmm. of just lighten up, just lighten up, you know, go and hug somebody different. I, you know, I do want to be careful though, because I think that there is, um, there's a range of where we need to be. And I don't want, to put my head in the sand and not deal with the very serious problems Mm -hmm. facing the world right now. Uh, Because it's tempting, right? Because doing the work of of coping with oppression is difficult and draining and often not very rewarding. But if I want to have a life and a world that's joyful for me, but also joyful for everybody, I have to balance my relaxation, have a great time, go dance side with some very serious work to make mm-hmm. people better. And yeah. so I, I, I don't want to just, I, I don't want to be flip about that because I think there, there is a tendency to move that way because doing the work is so uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and you know, we're all going to face something that's uncomfortable in life that that's just part of living. We're all going to face adversity and challenges and, and very uncomfortable things happening to you from other people all around you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's going to be times we don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. And, you know, sometimes it's just a question of be loving, be kind, be caring. And, you know, and first and foremost, I think, be it to yourself. Yes. Because you don't want to just be it. You want, you know, give it. You want to be it. Be right. the kindness that people seek. Be that hug. Be that caringness. Yes. Don't just do it where people feel, you know, somebody's, you're, oh, you're just doing it and kind of being condescending. No, be it. Care. But you can't get into that caringness for other people until you get, until you get into that caringness for yourself. I think that's true. But I, I, I think that part of it is to give the love, give the hugs be the listener, Mm -hmm. be warm and be open. But part of it, and maybe the hardest part, is loving people enough to be willing to call them out. Yes. Behave 
in a way that's hurtful to other people. You know, like in my class, when somebody says something that's hurtful, I don't have the luxury of ignoring that. It's my job to curate that class and to make sure that everybody feels safe. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I have to have very difficult conversations with people and say, no, that's not okay. You yeah. can't do that. Um, that's none of your business. And, and there have been times where I have said and done things that have been harmful and had to take people aside and say, I messed up. I'm really sorry. Yeah. This is how I'm going to change it. Um, there's a new dialogue going on, isn't there? You know, yeah. there's, a, there's been an old paradigm of, of flippancy. That now we're looking at is where it used to be taken flippantly. Now we're looking at no, this is more serious. It's there is there's something place. attached to that. There's no longer funny, mm-hmm. and and you know sometimes you just have to say to someone, "Are you aware of what that's really saying?" Because you know that especially as we get older, we're still caught up with some old sayings, and so sometimes we have to be reminded, and sometimes we have to remind ourselves that perhaps that statement isn't apropos today. Right. And I think a lot of it is, like I said, loving somebody enough to correct them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that means to have an awful lot of patience because it takes people a while to process it. Yes. And not everybody's going to be like, thank you so much for pointing out that flaw in my personality that I had. Really- <laughs> I mean, that's not <laughs> No, not normally. There's normally resistance. Yes. <laughs> and there are best friends and drinking buddies, but not everybody's like that and so it does it takes an enormous amount of of patience and it takes um some work and consistency yeah so i mean i really think it's about balance it's really about balancing the hard work Mm -hmm. with the joy and the reward and balancing the silly and the fun with the this is life and death serious and balancing the the need to keep moving and learning and trying new things and the need to relax and take care of ourselves. There's that balance in the middle and it shifts every second of the day. And that is one of the hard jobs I think we need to learn how to do. The recipe has changed. The ingredients have changed. Mm -hmm. And the only way you're going to know whether you like the dish or not is to play around with the ingredients until you find a recipe you like. Right? Yeah, and then know that you probably won't like it tomorrow because something else. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you you feel different tomorrow, right? Your taste buds are different well, tomorrow, but it's kind of like not a recipe in a way because, well, you know, it, it's it's more like cooking with fresh produce. You know, like mm. what? Well, are the tomatoes ripe today? They might not be ripe, and a BLT with ripe tomatoes is fantastic, and a BLT with unripe tomatoes is awful and you have to kind of deal you have to yeah. deal with what yes. life is yeah yeah and i think that is one of the great challenges as we grow older we're like my god i've been here x number of decades i should have this figured out by now <laughs> right but there is no figure out you no. figure out as you go along from the yes. day that you're born until the day that you're not on no. this there, there is no oh when i reach that age and i used to i used to um love talking to people who are when i was young that you know 15 16 think oh by that time i'll be wise <laughs> Yeah, you are. You get wise about certain things. But one thing you realize, there's a hell of a lot you don't know. (laughs) Or there are things that you know that are completely wrong. Exactly. Exactly. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. 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 And the thing that, you know, it's, 
I think attitude in life is the absolute key and, and the ability to go with the flow, right? Mm -hmm. Make an effort. You know, we, this whole about positive thinking, you know, and, and, and no negativity in my life at all. That's not, <laughs> you know, that is, is twilight zone, you know, head in the sand thing. Negativity is always going to be around you, but what are you going to do with it? Are you going to let it penetrate within you and bring you down? Are you going to combat it with positivity or are you just going to combat it with caring and understanding and understand that negativity is coming from a place of somebody's distress, right? I think so. And I think if you're living a life where negativity is not allowed into my life, you're probably not living open in your life in a way that's very interesting. And you're probably not really accomplishing fantastic or cool or great things because every time you do something amazing there's pain every yeah. time every yeah. time you learn something new there's this agonizing baby steps how can this be so hard process that's mm -hmm. part of what it takes to do something new and so I think um like I said people who say they don't experience negativity are either one of those five incredibly lucky people on this planet or they're they're lying to themselves right yeah yeah because it's 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 what we do with we, we can't avoid it we can limit it yeah switch off the tv you know you don't need to have it saturated all the time but you know it's it's is this important to my life at the present moment do i need to take this on is it something i need to address and if it's no let it go right but it always comes from a place and you can't ignore it. You know, it's deal with it as with anything like, I want to ask about how do you get people physically active when they're in deep depression and they just want to go into a deep, dark cave? There's no magic. Um, depression is a, is a difficult and sometimes deadly uh, disease. I mean, it's, it's a mental illness and, there is no one easy answer for that. Um, usually fitness is part of a whole strategy of wellness that may or may not include medication, may include or may not include therapy. There's all different components of it. And sometimes for somebody in deep depression, taking a shower is what they can do that day. And, and, and that, has to be okay if that's where they are in their recovery. Um, I just try to focus on helping people find baby steps and find little bits of joy and also find a way to feel successful. I think a lot of times um, fitness can make depression worse if we have really unrealistic expectations. Mm -hmm. And frankly, we are taught to have unrealistic expectations yes. of exercise. You know, I'm gonna do this exercise and I'm gonna look like a supermodel. Well, no, you're not gonna look like a supermodel. <laughs> you're not gonna grow a foot taller overnight. That's not gonna happen. Mm -hmm. But I think because we are taught to have those expectations, um, exercise can end up leaving us even more yeah. depressed. Yeah. So a lot of it, it really has to be part of, um, of a multifaceted plan of, of health and wellness and nutrition and spiritual and, and mental guidance. Um, but I guess what I do for my part is I try to help people find joy and I, ha I really try to focus 
on um, helping them manage their expectations so they feel like they win. Right. Well, you're making it fun. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is, is that, you know, there are the people, the, the sports people that love to work six hours a day at the gym, you know, and that's, uh, and, and that's their gig. Not me, right? but it's <coughs> <laughs> yeah, not my gig at all. I don't want to go anywhere near a gym. You know, for me, nature is it. <clears throat> but if I had a, an arena where I could go to, where there was no expectation for me to, oh, you must do this, or have 20 push-ups, or you know, jump, jump, jump higher. You know, if if I had that, I wouldn't go. But if I had a place where I could go, where you know, today I need to sit down and do my exercise, or I can get up for two minutes and shake my booty and then sit back down again, and there's no judgment right? No judgment. That I think is the huge one. Judgment. Yeah. You know, and we've got to drop that because that pressure we're putting on ourselves and other people is not kind at all. And sometimes um, we imagine it too, right? There's this idea where um, I often say, what you think about me is none of my business because I don't know what another person is thinking about me unless they tell me. And most of the time they don't. Mm-hmm. So I'm making it up in my head. It's in my yes. imagination. I figure I might as well imagine that they think I'm awesome. Exactly. Why would I not? I mean, right. that's going to be the best tool for me. It may not be true, but who cares? Me thinking that they think I'm awesome. That's the best for me. Right. So I can imagine that. Yeah, I say I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I'm somebody's strong cup of coffee. You know, right. we're not going to please everyone. We're not going to be able to address the needs of everyone. Absolutely. You've created a platform that suits people that still want to exercise, that want to have fun, and that want to do it um, in moderation to, with their own body, their own psyche, their own well-being on that day. And it's very important that we have that because – it was pushed and has been pushed for so long about body perfect, body image perfect. And also, you know, to do with our age, you know, we've got to be a certain weight um, or we've got to be this, or we've got to be that. Now, yeah, you know, it's not about the weight. It's about how healthy are you in your weight, right? That's the important thing. How healthy are you in your weight? If you're a bigger person, you're a bigger person. But right. if, if you're a bigger person because you're not looking after yourself with your diet or exercise or anything else. And that's a different scenario. You are opening up to some health problems, but again, the ownership and responsibility on ourselves to know our body and what we need for ourselves and our well-being, we need to take charge of that. Yes, but I'm going to say this. I know I'm argumentative today. (laughs) No, no. Give the arguments. That's the only way we learn. Um, I think it's important not to cross over into something called healthism, right? Mm-hmm. Health is not a barometer of worthiness, right? Right, and right. In many ways, um, as my as my friend and and uh, fitness industry partner Reagan Chastain says, a, a running a marathon and a Netflix marathon are morally equivalent ideas, mm-hmm. right? Commitment. And I think sometimes there's this notion that um, we, uh, if, if we make it completely our responsibility to be well, then we're making it our fault if we're sick. Mm. And I think that that can lead to some places that are really not that helpful. I was just out with a very dear friend of mine last night. 
who has been very sick. And she's like, well, you know, I guess this negative system. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Back the bus up. You've been doing all the right things. You've been eating well. You've been meditating. You've been exercising. You've been doing all this stuff. You got sick. And I'm sorry to tell you that, like I said, ticking off the boxes doesn't give you immunity. Right. And not ticking off the boxes doesn't guarantee you're going to get sick. Right. It's, It's not that simple right and i i just i want to get us out of this place where there's a difference between um taking responsibility for ourselves as a whole and taking responsibility for things that we aren't really responsible for. right i mean there are things that are out of our control you know things that happen to us um you know again along with my disease it came about 23 years ago it's it's got worse as i got older and it will i do the best i can within what i can do and i always get people suggesting well if you just did this and if you just did that and you should do that and it's curable and i know it isn't it's manageable right there's there is no cure for what i've got it's manageable it's what do i have to do to manage it right and you know those days that you feel i'm in power today yay you know i'm boss and there's other days it comes across and goes tapped you on the shoulder uh uh-uh, uh not today that doesn't make me weak it doesn't make me a failure it just makes me having to be in sync with my body and yeah. you know i've always got people telling me they can cure me in 10 seconds flat um but you know good luck you know i want i'm willing to try various things in the management of it but i have what i have and i am what i am and i just have to live with that and other people need to honor you know what people are dealing with instead of making them feel guilty for having it absolutely and you know what i would never in a million years look at you in the eye and say exercise Mm. can cure fibromyalgia it can't right it's a tool that you can put in your arsenal and you may find incredibly helpful or you may find not helpful at all. It's, it's a tool and it can be joyful and it can be a wonderful thing, but I, I, everybody has to kind of like use at your own risk. You know, your your mileage may vary. And and I I think anytime somebody comes to me and says, if you just, if you just do this, I'm like, okay, I've already tuned you out because you're full of right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's generally the healthy people that do that. Of course. <laughs> yes. Born on third, think they hit a triple, right? There's a lot of people that are healthy that it's really tempting when you're healthy to believe that you're healthy because of X, Y, and Z. Because in that thought process, as long as you continue to do X, Y, and Z, you will always be healthy. Yeah. Fortunately, that's not how life works, but it sounds great, doesn't it? I mean, yes. I mean, you know, there is the the abuse of your body. And if you end up getting something because you abused your body, yes, that's the price you're paying. You know, there's other these these other things that come and tap us on the shoulder and go, hello, I'm here to stay. You know, it um, it is, you know, I just think other people, because again, there's so many of us walking around with illnesses where we look fine on the exterior. And they have no understanding what's going on in the interior. Right. So, and we don't want to impart it on people, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because really most people don't care. But, but at the same time, if they understood, they would actually understood how much of a struggle it was just to be there today. 
right right and have a different respect so where is the line where you could say yes i have this these are my limitations um accept me as i am or don't you know and in a way that's what we want to say isn't it but we're all too polite to say it not me <laughs> i'm not that polite i mean look i got a dvd called the fat chick works out i i am unapologetic yeah. right about who i am and some people are really not fine with that and that's okay but i'm not going to pussyfoot around i mean this is who i am <laughs> yeah so yeah. um yeah i'm i'm not that polite about it and when people say unkind or really untrue things i am happy to sort them out and straighten them out if yeah. if i have the energy and the yes. the 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 patience at the time patience to deal with it <laughs> at the time or if i you know if i if i feel if i have enough love to go around to gently correct which like yeah. i said some days yes and some days no but yeah it, it is hard being un unapologetically who we are and and part of being unapologetic about who we are is to not accept the role as poster child mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. So it would be very easy for me to say, I'm the fat chick, but I'm the good fat chick. I'm the right kind of fat chick. And I never get sick and nothing ever happens to me. And I'm this, you know, I have a halo. Right? <laughs> it's tempting. But not only is that not true, it puts an enormous amount of pressure on me to be something that I'm not. Right. And maybe most importantly, it robs me of the ability to share um, to share with people who feel alone. Because yeah, because if you do that, then people go, well, I can never be like her, so therefore I can't relate. Right. And therefore I can't hear you because I, I'm not in your world. Right? Or, or worse, I can't be like that. What's mm -hmm. wrong with me? Right. Why can't I... And, and it's because oftentimes, oftentimes they're trying to live up to a persona's yes. experience, not a person's. Right. They're very different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm kind of coming back around here, but I, I really feel like this is an important thing that I've been working on a lot in my life, especially as I get a little older and I, um, and hopefully ugh, a little wiser. Um, <laughs> we all get a little wiser whether we like it or not. Right. right. <laughs> you hope that you get it on the whisper as opposed to the two by four over the head. Oh boy. Yes. Yes. I've had a few of those in my time. Got a lot of concussion from them. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I really think that that fitness, it's a wonderful thing. And making it fun is a wonderful thing. It's not a panacea. It doesn't fix everything. Right. It doesn't, everybody doesn't experience it the same way. It doesn't help everybody the same way. It's a wonderful tool that helps some people a whole lot. Well, the fact that you, you put it with laughter, you put yeah. it with just the silliness. You know, we know laughter is an excellent medicine. And that mm -hmm. What it releases from our body is absolutely yeah. amazing. We know that if people can get out there and be silly baggers the way they dance and nobody's going to judge them. You know, oh God, look at the way she's dancing. You know, nobody's <laughs> going to do that. Oh, look at the way she's dancing. I could be silly too, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and get the joy out of doing it. Mm -hmm. And 
the way they feel not only is the body feeling better the stress is feeling better um you know the mind is feeling clearer and you know again you stepped into the unapologetic you know and it's uh, i think it's just we forget we've gone back we've gone to exercise is serious and no because if we make everything serious we're bogging ourselves down with these expectations if you make it something that's joyful that you want to do you know, with a group of people, with, um, with even on, you know, on the computer, on your Facebook, getting up and doing it and with the family around you, who cares, right? Come and join us. And having people being encouraged to, to kind of connect with one another and say, hey, let's do that together, you know, to Jeanette's program, you know, uh, together while we're on Zoom and make connections because we want people to be connected. So, you know, I really commend what you're doing because you've taken this, oh, I have to, out of it into, I feel better when I do. Yep. You know, one of the things that surprised me most about my new exercise video, this Everybody Can Exercise Senior Edition, is it's, it's this DVD and I have all of these older people dancing around and having a great time. And so they take it home and they do it at home and the grandkids yeah. love it and they want to join in. And there's something so awesome when you have an 80 year old and a six year old just mm. rocking out together. Yeah. Yeah. So happy, but there's something sort of innocent and playful about both ends of that spectrum. If, if you allow it to childlike, happen. just getting back to childlike, right? Yeah. Just, just simply having fun because you want to have fun. Right, right. right? And it's yeah. such a beautiful message for kids to see. Yeah. Oh, grandma's exercising to, with that funny lady. And grandma laughs when she watches the funny lady. And they start to see exercise in a, in a joyful and healthy way that right. makes it much more likely that they're going to exercise in years to come. Yes, so I, because I, a, a little a lot goes a long way as opposed to intense now and again. Right, or shame-based or... Right, or... Uh, Beauty-based. Right, right. Yeah. I think yeah. when kids are... Like, because, you know, the kids that are that small, six, eight, even 10 years old, they just see, oh, grandma's doing something, and, well, that means grandma's not paying attention to me right now, which is not acceptable. So... <laughs> We want to get away from the have to, to the want to. Mm -hmm. And when we do something because we want to, we're going to do it more often because it makes us feel good and it's our choice. If it's you have to, we rebel against it because naturally inside of us, there's a rebellious nature, yes. right? We don't want to be told what we have to do, but show me something that I want to do and I will be a part of it. Right. I always say, there's that moment in every exerciser's life where you have to decide if you're going to, if you're going to exercise or if you're going to watch a rerun of Game of Thrones. <laughs> and if your exercise is boring or your routine sucks, winter's coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And yet it, it's just, don't push yourself. Just allow yourself, right? Go and do it because you love it. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it's like, oh, I don't feel like it today. But you know what? I know I feel good when I do. So that's the nudging you want, not the pushing, the nudging, right? And that's why I always tell my students, if you come to class and you don't feel up to it and all you want to do is sit and watch and hang with us, mm -hmm. that's cool. 
And yep. sometimes, very occasionally, I've had somebody who's having a really rough day, and they just want to sit and laugh and listen with it, and and that's okay. Yep. That's okay. It's but like I said, it's there's that one inertial hump. Yes. The I can watch another episode of this show, or I can sleep another twenty minutes. It's the getting out the front door of the house part that yep. is the hard part. Yeah. So how much do you do online? How much do you do where people can come to you? Would you lay it all out for us of how people find you? I'm just, I'm just starting that up again um, in the next couple of weeks, the live, the live part. Um, mm -hmm. You can buy my DVD on Amazon or on my website, everybodycanexercise.com. Um, That's everybodycanexercise.com. Right. Everybody. Right. And uh, you can also buy it on Amazon and you can do my workouts. You can stream them or rent them or download them from Amazon Prime. And then we will be starting up with a live Facebook streaming, uh, hopefully this weekend. We're, we're working out the technical kinks right now. Right. Well, you come on air next week. So you come on air on the 13th or 14th oh, yeah. of August. So, so you'll be up. Be up by and, then, and people find you there. The okay. best way is go to everybodycanexercise.com. And, and I will be up there. posting details about how to get on the Facebook group and all of that stuff from that space. And you know, when, you, when you're on the group, <clears throat> encourage people to join, but encourage people to start speaking to one another. Yes. Start sharing. That's what Facebook is so good about is interaction, yes. mm -hmm. right? Get to know other people, you know, like Absolutely. what did they get out of it? How long have they been doing? Are they around the corner? Is it something you want to kind of do a, a conversation with that person? And it right. doesn't matter where they are, whether if they're next door in the same town or across the world. We have right. a lovely device here. We can see people anytime, anywhere and make connections. Right. My, my exercise uh, partner, guru, business partner, Reagan Chastain, and I also have a forum called uh, Fit Fatties on Facebook. And we have, oh, we have thousands of people on that group. And they come on every week. And they tell us the coolest things. I climbed a mountain today. I did a disco dance today. I went kayaking or rode a horse today. And, and um, yeah, that's really inspirational to yeah. see yeah and you know it gives people permission like well you know what they've got the same problem as i have if they've got this problem and yet they've gone out and done this and they felt really good what if i gave it a try mm -hmm. right what if i give something a try so it's not pushing people but it's inviting people isn't mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. you know encouraging them to actually understand what they can do again always listen to yourself from the inside out. If your body's in distress, don't do it. We don't want you to crash. But yeah. that doesn't mean you can't be a part of it because the energy that you're creating is an energy that will become intoxicating and releasing in the body. Mm -hmm. So it's already doing you good, even if you're just around it, even if you're not a participant. And your own classes that you do, where do you do those? I teach in <coughs> Southern California, which is a long way, I think, from a lot of your, your listeners. But uh, America and California is a huge listenership there. So Yeah. So uh, I'm in, in uh, Irwindale, Duarte, and Monrovia, which is east of Los Angeles. So if you go to the site, find out where the classes are. If you're in that area, go and join one. Yes. And... Um, but, you know, most certainly get the DVD. Get a group of your friends together. Yes. You know, over in the living room, push the furniture aside, put it in and just have some fun. You I, know? I can't recommend that enough. <laughs> like right. I said, find your fun, find a friend and give yourself a break. 
Right. And you know what? You know, I know we're only in August right now, but Christmas is around the corner. Right. What a great gift to give to people, right? You know, giving them a DVD, <clears throat> even giving it to the family and saying, when grandparents are around, get the kids and everyone together and just make it a family event. Right? And there so, are men and women dancing. On yes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's not just women shaking in their booty, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Got a few men doing some talking there, right? <laughs> there's, there's, there's some wiggling going on all over. <laughs> and don't underestimate however big the wiggle is. Little wiggle, big wiggle. It's all moving the body. It's getting the oxygen and the chi, the energy all running through the body. And that is the flow that we want. Because right. if your body has got that energy flowing through your body, it's releasing your mind, it's releasing your body, it's good for everything. But it's just good for your, for your outlook on life as well, right? Yes. That's Absolutely. the attitude of gratitude, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so everybody can exercise.com mm -hmm. and everything is there and they can find out about all the Facebook things there as well and how they can join and yes. be a part of it. They can get the DVDs from there as well as from Amazon and your Amazon Prime too. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excellent. You've got no excuses, folks, right? Not you know. <laughs> And, you know, it doesn't matter what age you are. You know, primarily we, we are a 30, 40 plus network here, but it doesn't matter what age you are here. You know, it's, you may be somebody that even in your 30s cannot be very phys physical. This is still something that you could do at the office at lunchtime, right? Put it on, lighten everybody up, do some exercise. And, and you know, it, it just, again, brings everyone together. So it doesn't, it's not just for your 50 plus, and it's not, if you do the full DVD standing up, it's not that easy. I mean, it's, there's a good solid workout there. So you, it allows you to start small, but you can grow to a pretty serious workout with this thing if, if you're ready. Now, is it downloadable from prime time? Because most people are younger will put things on their phones. So is yes, it downloadable? From, from Amazon Prime, you can download it. Mm-hmm. Excellent. See, look how technical you are. DVDs and downloads and All Facebook. and <laughs> Excellent. And that's the thing with life, right? It's like, you know, if everybody was still on the VCR, yep. you wouldn't be getting anywhere. So, <laughs> yes, <laughs> the eight tracks. Yeah. So, <laughs> we're aging, oh my God. aging myself here yeah yeah me too <laughs> <laughs> and you know age is a gift i'm sorry folks you know there's too many people that lose their life so easily we've seen this recently from unnecessary violence age is a gift you know don't spend your life going around grumping and moaning be grateful for who you are what you have around you for the opportunities that you have and seize the day Right? Get out there and have some fun, whether it's just an ounce of fun or a pound of fun. Just get out and have some fun. So Never what are you going to leave us with? opportunity to shake your booty. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, why do you think the Cardassians, you know, have the ass the way they do, right? <laughs> you know? Oh, that's a whole other show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. But the point is, have some fun with life and do it while moving. And you'll just see the rewards for it, you know, just the way you feel, the, the whole chemistry in your body, how it lifts you right up. And it's like a deep <sighs> breath that you've taken. So thank you for doing this, Jeanette. And it's great oh, to have you back on again. It's my pleasure. I love speaking with you. And uh, I, um, 
I really am grateful for the opportunity to share my thoughts. Anytime. And please go back and listen to her other shows with me, Jeanette DePatty. Just put in her name here on selfdiscoverymedia.com and her own show page comes up with all her other shows on there. And you'll get to pick all the other shows, listen to all of them as you like. They're all downloadable. Of course, the others were just audio. Now we're doing video and audio. Yay! And so you can listen to it in any way that you want. But please do listen, do share, and do get up and boogie. So (laughs) thanks a lot, Jeanette. Thank you. And until... Till next time, folks, remember, life is about flow. It's about movement in thought, in attitude, in energy, in body, mind, heart, and soul. So get everything in the flow and get moving. Until next time, bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show and were inspired to come and visit us at selfdiscoverymedia.com and see what other shows we have for you. And please do visit our selfdiscoverycommunity.org and see how you can be a part of giving back. Thank you very much. You are listening to selfdiscoverymedia.com where illumination and inspiration is but a click away. With so many genre topics for you on everything that you need to know in life, we celebrate and share the people who have taken the journey before you and who are now here to serve you with their wisdom and their knowledge. The next show coming up is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Gina Gardner from the UK. She's an international national one um, uh, number one author, uh, has written many books. There's a wonderful list on them here. She's got a TV show coming up, which we're going to be doing a show on that as well. Plus, I'm going to be having her back on uh, festive stress, uh, coming back with somebody else um, uh, later on in November to prepare you for that stressful season called Christmas. But today we are going to be talking about something else altogether. And when she mentioned this the other day in a, in a conversation with her, it was, yes, we have to do a show on it. It is the epidemic of social depression. What is bringing this about? Is it the magnitude of media that we're getting from all aspects, not just the TV, but the internet, the social media? It's on your phones, it's in your ears, everybody's talking about it. And it's literally causing so much stress that people are getting clinical depression. And it's really affecting production, it's affecting hope, it's affecting everything about our lives. So, Gina and I are going to be talking about this today and I'm going to invite you to come back and read her blog because she's done a wonderful blog on on percentages and what you can do about it and how we can change everything. So other than the show, please come back and read all about this plus about everything else that's coming up with her new show as well. And uh, um, she's a mindful of information been doing this for quite some time and the amount of knowledge that you're going to learn today is something that take notes or go back and listen or listen with some friends because there's a lot to be learned social depression i think we've all got a dose of it right now what do you think gina i think that many people now are struggling on so many levels you've talked about the news we've had a number of conversations about the political situation i think 
we are bombarded not only with news, um, we don't know whether it's real or fake. Right. Very often it's um, a newsreader's opinion rather than fact. Um, so at one level, we, it's very difficult to determine what's going on other than the fact that there's such a high level of uncertainty mm. that it makes life difficult. We're hot-wired to fear uncertainty. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. We like to think of ourselves as being incredibly evolved. But the reality is that we are still very much, at our very core, cavemen and women. Yeah. And in those times, any change, any uncertainty was seen as an absolute threat to our survival whether it was animals or the weather or um, other people approaching us. So on the one hand, you've got all of the political arena. We are constantly being bombarded with the thought that we've got global warming. Mm -hmm. You can see the destruction that's going on around the world. Those who've got children and grandchildren are fearful for their future. Mm -hmm. Then add the fact that we tend to compare ourselves but we're comparing ourselves with celebrities and with photographs that have been so distorted, either because they've been, um, they've been airbrushed mm -hmm. to the point where they, they bear very little <laughs> resemblance to the original person. All yeah. those people have, have gone and had significant surgery done, so they look nothing like they did before. And so we are, uh, are, are constantly comparing ourselves with something that's not real then people in, in terms of trying to help themselves feel better are anaesthetizing themselves with drink, um, drugs, shopping, sex, possessions. And I think, you know, there's, and much more. For me, it's a 3D, if you like, a jigsaw puzzle. It's multidimensional, but we are consistently bombarded. And I think a lot of people are living their life and they're living a life through fear, anxiety, worry, and stress. So a very long answer to your <laughs> apparently very simple question. Uh, nothing simple about it because of the, the fact that it, it had such a long answer to it and there's so many more questions to be had. We have become, in a lot of ways, such slaves to what we are being told all the time. You know, we, we talked in our conversation before, like wartime. Yes, people didn't know when the next bomb was coming and what was going to happen next, but people came together and they supported one another. What we're seeing, I think, globally right now, whether it's political, whether it's um, environmental, whether it, it's to do with... Um, with veganism, mediaism, you know, what we're looking at is divide, divide, divide and conquer. And when we come together at times of need, we are stronger for it and we will always find solutions and that camaraderie and support of each other. But when we are constantly seeing the chisel, dividing us and dividing us, all of a sudden we feel out there alone. How can I cope with this? I'm alone in the world. You're not. Everybody else is going through this. But whatever's happening out there it is the chisel to divide us because united we're stronger divided we're not i think you know it's very interesting comparison that you make during you know second world war when uh, you would think that uh, mental health would be at an all-time low and yet the reality is that um the um reporting of mental ill health was at one of its lowest mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think there's 
there's again a number of reasons. People had a sense of shared purpose. Yeah. We lived at a time when family, community, the church, mm. um, the whatever job you did, um, had that real sense of community. And although I'm not suggesting for one moment it was entirely perfect, uh -huh. if you were feeling down, somebody would make you a cup of tea and put their arm around you. Right, yes. But there have never been more people who live on their own. Mm -hmm. never been more elderly people who are isolated you think going back not that long ago elderly people simply lived with their families yeah. didn't they yeah um if you look at social media and technology which i ha think has some very positive purposes many people have a better relationship with their electronics than they do with other people mm -hmm. and as you say People think that we are in silos, that we are individuals. And I right. think it's only when we recognise that actually we are so incredibly connected and that when we are, um, we are acting in any particular way, we think of it only affecting us. But right. just like a stone in the pond where it ripples out, I think every word, every action, I call it a living legacy. You know, the words we speak, how we speak them, or whether we speak them at all, or our actions or lack of them, um, leave a living legacy. And if you combine that with, you know, the fact that people are, are very much feeling on their own, feeling overwhelmed, you know, look at, at jobs. When I first started work, um, it was thought that if you went into working for local government or certain jobs, you had a job for life. Yes. And although it may not have been the best paid, you had security and many people chose that over high wages. Now, when I, when I left Headship, they talked about people changing their job, their profession every seven years. Mm -hmm. But you now talk to many, many people and they are consistently having to reinvent themselves. Yes. And those people who are resilient and strong and do that actually find very often that being made redundant or having to change their job is seen as a gift. But mm -hmm. if that knocks you, if that rocks your very sense of self, then you can see why so many people are in trouble. Yeah. They're either worrying about the past and the reality is you can't do anything no. with it. You'll learn from it. That's it. That's right. Or they're anxious about the future and it might never happen. Right. They and we don't realise what we do in the now is what's going to dictate what happens in the future. Because oh, now is all we've got. It certainly is. And, you know, there are really strong lessons that can remind us of that. My brother, aged 49, apparently full of, of health and vitality, um, was doing the London to Brighton cycle race. And, but it was the week before, and he was just doing the last practice with the group, appeared to fall off his bike. Mm -hmm. There was a medic in the group. By the time they got to him, seconds, he was dead. Yeah. And that was a salutary lesson to me that, you know, live today as if yeah. it's your last. Make the most of that. And of course, you know, if, if, if you're going to go, go doing something you love doing, which obviously he did, and it happened so fast, he probably didn't even realize he'd gone, you know, yeah. so, um, and I think that is something that a lot of people are afraid to do, aren't they? It's like, well, I don't know, I don't know if I should do that. I mean, I just don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Again, what we do today, we'll see tomorrow. But are we afraid to get out and follow our passion? 
are we afraid to to even discover what that passion is you know um i think what we have become afraid of is fear itself because fear is an energy that just wraps itself around your psyche your legs your arms and paralyzes you and very often it's like well, what am i afraid of because when you break things down yes the world is in a mess yes the politicians have screwed it all up but we have the power to change our own lives and Absolutely. i think that's what we forget we keep looking at what the world is doing and we don't look at what can we do for ourselves and the empowerment empowerment that we need to give ourselves yes. and the permission i think that's very true i mean i work with many many clients and the sense of helplessness mm -hmm. and overwhelm um, when they first come you know what can i do about it it's beyond me and i i use an old um african um saying you know if you believe that you're too small to make a difference spend the night in a room with a mosquito <laughs> yes yes <laughs> and i think you know it we can do so much to help yeah. ourselves and in small ways, you know, recognizing that our, when we're fearful, we want to stay within our comfort zone. Yeah. And our comfort zone, which if you think of it like a duvet, it's wonderful when it's really, really cold. Yes. But in the summer, it becomes stultifying. It, mm. it, it just takes our breath away. And the other thing about the, our comfort zone is, the minute we cross that line of perturbation, we actually step out of our comfort zone, our comfort zone expands. Precisely. Mm. And I think for so many people, because they are fearful, their world becomes smaller and smaller until it's claustrophobic. And, and that, and that thing, itself becomes fearful, doesn't it? Because they feel they can't breathe, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Not one of these things in isolation is going on. It's when you get yeah. all of them together. i tell you another thing which I think makes such a lot of difference is how many people moan and complain. <laughs> yes. And for me, that's like sitting in a rocking chair. You're mm. moaning, but it's not actually taking you anywhere other than keeping you stuck. And if you rock enough, it will make you seasick. <laughs> Yes. Yes, there are times when we need to offload. I mean, the statistics are quite scary. If something goes wrong, on average, we tell 37 other people. Well, I don't use my 37, and I suspect you don't use your 37. No. So somebody's using ours. Yes, yes. But when things go right, we tell on average five people. How would yeah. it be if that got swapped over? Right. Because right. complaining is contagious. And I, yes. I, you know, you go into to see somebody. I mean, this is how our conversation started. Mm -hmm. You go and see someone and then they start talking about uh, politics mm -hmm. or whatever and then get fixated on that. Right. And by the time you leave the room, it's as if you've been with an energy vampire. Because oh, you leave the yes. room and you're just drained, aren't Piranhas. you? Piranhas, yes. Yeah. Now, of course you need to talk about it, but let's talk about it in, in the way in which is what can we do? Precisely. We have a voice, we have power, and we can make a difference if we choose to use it widely, wisely. Moaning in and of itself does nothing apart from make you feel terrible and make everybody else around you feel terrible. 
And it's okay, it's okay to, to say, you know, this has gone wrong, I don't know what to do about it. Can anyone help me? And then be open and willing to receive. You may not agree with everything that comes to you, but there could be just something there that becomes the aha moment. Right. So I'm prepared to do something different. Right. My favorite quote of all time is Einstein's definition of madness, which is to keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. Exactly. And yet we all do it, myself yeah. included at times. Mm -hmm. We do it more frequently, we do it harder, we do it longer. Yeah. And then it disappoints And unknowingly sometimes. It's just oh, yeah. that repetitive pattern that keep we keep doing without even knowing we're doing it. And that's a really good point because 95% of our thinking is habitual. Yeah. It doesn't cross our conscious mind. So we can get very easily into these, these cycles. It's almost like a broken gramophone record, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. For those who are watching this who are very young, probably <laughs> aren't familiar with that. It's like but iTunes yeah. being stuck, folks, <laughs> on the same song over and over again. <laughs> those who are somewhat older will remember the old record. Needle against that. Yes, on yes, the same thing. Yes, yeah. yes, you're very old. I'm going to have to find another metaphor, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, we just get stuck. Yeah. stuck. And then it's like being in the quicksand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You get stuck. And it doesn't then go upwards, your mood. Your mood just goes down and down and down. I find the statistics terrifying. Yeah. Over half the prescriptions in the UK are for antidepressants. Mm -hmm. Anybody who wants a really good book to read about uh, depression should read The Lost Connections by Johan Yari, where he talks about the research to do with depression and the fact that depression has a cause, but it's not what you think it is. Right. right. And I think we, the reason I call it societal depression is when you analyze it many people are living actually pretty good lives yes they've got enough to eat they've got um, a roof over their head they've got plenty um, of, of hot water for for showers good plumbing um, they've got friends and family you'd think that they would be in a position of feeling really positive and help, hopeful and grateful and I'm mm -hmm. grateful. Absolutely. I think gratitude is one of the most powerful things yes. that we can practice. But again, we look at what we don't have instead of what we do have. Absolutely. And I think that that's really, for me, it's, that's the crux of it. Mm -hmm. If you focus on what you can't do, then you can't do anything. No. If you focus on what you can, then things can be very different. Now your listeners don't know me at all, but um, I ran a, a, an award-winning school, mainly from a wheelchair. And I'd had two back surgeries. And when I came out of hospital, I was back at school um, being the principal within a few days. And that's when I learned to focus on what you can do. Yes. If I was at home, all I could do is watch television or read. Mm -hmm. If my carer hadn't left me a cup, put the coffee or the tea in it and filled the kettle... Um, just enough for a mug, I couldn't lift it, I couldn't do anything. But I could go to school and I could effectively run my organisation. Yes. My mouth worked, my brain worked, my hands worked, and there were other people to do the heavy lifting. Right, exactly. But it was a really powerful lesson for me, not just for them, but for life, and one that I have uh, hopefully helped other people to recognise. The gold is within, it's not out there. 
but it's you also you, you yeah you became the example to other people oh my goodness she's not at home kind of wallowing in this she's out here being productive she must be in pain but look what she's contributing and that's so i mean it doesn't mean everybody who has an operation needs to get out there and back that's down. not what i'm saying at all right no. it is about you know obviously understanding your level but also understanding that sometimes healing is being proactive it's doing something that you love because that increases the whole frequency and vibration in your body, which then helps with all the healing process. So don't push yourself to a point of harm, but go and do something that you love doing because that's going to help heal you faster. Don't say, I can't. You know that you have limitations, right? So instead of saying, I can't, just say, um, I unable to do this but i can do that and the can needs to be emphasized over there and for everybody it is different yes yes and i think that, that that's another thing that it's really important that people take on board but the difference between being a victim to circumstance yeah. whatever that circumstance may be and choosing that i'm going to make the best of this whatever this may be i'm going to find a way that I can maximize um, the, my capacity to do the things that are important to me. And when you do that, then whatever your situation in life, whatever your physicality, whatever your amount of, of money in the bank, whatever, if you step into being the best of you, you step into your power, which yeah. is being you, the genuine you yeah not comparing not worrying yeah. about what other people think but looking inward and recognizing that you are unique there's only one of you that you have an amazing capacity to do all sorts of things to be all sorts of things you're not broken right you don't need fixing that you are just as you are you are enough so long as you turn up and i right. think lots of people fail to turn up in their own lives yes yeah. And that causes all sorts of difficulty. You know, you're a beautiful gift of imperfection. And that's what makes <laughs> exactly. you so beautifully unique. Yeah. And if we start looking, I had lunch with a friend the other day who's, who's uh, leaving her corporate world and going out on her own. And the word perfection kept coming up. And I said, I'm banning that word from you. Because as long as you focus on perfection, you will never look at how imperfect your perfection is within you it, we have to focus on all the ability that we can do all that we want to do all that excites us all that unites us because that is where the perfection is if we're looking at it needs to be per per perfect by whose measurement because you know you're doing something oh this is perfect oh no it isn't you you've missed this or you've missed that there's always going to be somebody to say to you it's not perfect so stop putting yourself out there in the perfect world and think you know situations can be perfect but if you look for perfection all the time you're going to let yourself down and you're also going to stop yourself from moving forward because you're always waiting for that perfect moment we have a blueprint don't we for yeah. so many things for what love should look like yes what perfection is nice little boxes <laughs> but everybody has a different perspective yes it wouldn't do for us all the same i went to an art exhibition recently and it was an exhibition of two halves one was um realist uh, uh, painting realism so things looked like they looked like mm -hmm. uh, and the other was very very modern and you know 
I went to that art exhibition and I looked at them both sides and I realized that for me, the very modern, whilst I could appreciate it, I didn't want it hanging on my wall. I wanted something that was going to make me feel good. Mm -hmm. But there were other people who were thrilled and, and thought this stuff was wonderful. We each have a different perception, a different blueprint. And I think that once we recognize that we are enough, yeah. just as we are, yeah. uh, and we actually learn to love ourselves, not be self-indulgent. Right. When you love yourself, then you're going to look after your body. You're going yeah. to look after your emotions. You're going to look after your spiritual self, aren't you? In a way that you don't, if you don't actually appreciate who you are. I find it fascinating that people have a set of criteria that they measure everybody else. Yes. And the criteria that they use for themselves. And I would say it needs to be the same. And I think that's another component to this social depression. We're back to comparisons, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. And we not only compare ourselves with other people, but we compare ourselves with this blueprint picture of what we ought to, should be, need yeah. to rather than who we are. You know, we're seeing a, a, a huge surge today of very, very popular celebrities or politicians or people of, you know, um, that are high profile admitting depression, you know, or even admitting suicidal thoughts or admitting um, illnesses. And instead of in the past, it would have been, oh God, no, we can't talk about that. It is now, what? You've had suicidal thoughts. You, you live with depression, yet you've achieved all of this. Yes. And that's the thing is they've achieved it because that was where the passion and the convic uh, commitment is. <laughs> uh, because that's what they love doing. And that's also probably what keeps them going. And then yes. they have the down times where they recognize they have that and they need to nurture and need to love themselves in order to be able to go back and do what they're doing. We look at dancing with the stars, people dancing without limbs or, or dancing death or dancing this and that. We're seeing more and more out there that this is your challenge in life, but it doesn't define you. I'd like to tell a story if I may, and it's a true story. And for me, it was a really defining moment. When I left um, being a principal in 2004, because of my health, um, I had already um, done a lot of studying uh, and I decided I was going to become a, a neuro-linguistic uh, master practitioner. And I did all of my, um, my studying for that with one organisation and at the end of it I decided I wanted to go and see as many different people using NLP as I could. And I ended up at the Excel Centre in London, which is probably one of the biggest um, centres where you can hold a course to go and see Tony Robbins, it was Unleash the Power Within. And I went very cynically, I have to say, mm -hmm. thinking, huge American, big hype, it's not going to last. I arrived and there were 10,000 people on the course. Yeah. In the morning, he was, first morning, he was talking, he was talking about a course in California that I quite liked the sound of, but I completely dismissed it. How would I, in a manual wheelchair that I couldn't particularly self-propel more than a few yards, um, on my own, go all the way to America and do this course? And so I just dismissed it. Even though, as a principal, I had worked for the government, I'd 
worked with hundreds of other schools, the National College, the London Institute. But when I went there, I had a taxi that took me from my house to my destination, always the same taxi driver who would push me in and then come and collect me and take me back. So dismissed it. In the afternoon, we did the fire walk. Now, for those who are not familiar with that, you walk about 30, 35 feet um, over hot coals in bare feet without getting burnt if you're in the right mindset. Right. Now, at that time, I just had a spinal stimulator fitted and I could walk a very few steps with help. And I was thrilled to walk over the coals and not get burnt. And as I sat in my wheelchair, I was facing the next person. They were a double amputee, no legs below the knee. He tipped himself onto his hands wow. and he walked on the hot coals on his hands. I thought, if he can do that, mm -hmm. how am I self-limiting? Right. I went home, I booked my ticket, I booked my flight. Since then, I've been all over the world flying, studying and teaching and for holidays. I am so grateful to that man. Right. Because what he taught me is the only limitations that we truly have are the ones we put in place ourselves. Right. Exactly. Um, he doesn't know who he is. I've shared right. this story with thousands of people and many of them have been inspired then to step out of their comfort zone and do something that they've been afraid of doing, but they recognize that the only person who was holding them back was them. Right. But that's the point, isn't it? The inspiration from someone else. I always say inspiration is invitation. When you yes. are so inspired, it invites you to think, yes. well, maybe I can. And yes. you know, we're not diminishing the challenges you face, the <laughs> obstacles that are there. It is just to a point of navigating those yes. that you I can still go and do what you want to do and you may have to ask for help and you may, um, you know, have to put some things in place because there are those challenges, those obstacles, but it should never be the excuse of why you can't go and do. Of course there are. I mean, I'm never going to be a ballad dancer. Right. I'm unlikely to, to climb Mount Everest. And I think that you know, the, those of you out there who where I call it the, the lighthouse syndrome. There are things which actually you cannot change. Right. But what you can do is change the way in which you react to it yeah. and also the way in which you deal with it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, this is about within your limitations, but just be mindful that your limitations are based very often on your beliefs. Yes. And it's sensible to challenge those beliefs about what you can and can't do. And I think this, you know, comes then into a partnership with your body. You know, I have a few little challenges and I know that I can go so far. And yeah. at that point, I have to now stop and go, no, this is now time for me to rejuvenate and spend time on myself, nurture myself so that I can get back up and go and do again. So no, you can't go run that marathon. No, you can't kind of do a whirlwind thing like that. You work within your parameters you work within your parameters, and if there's a day that you say, no, I can't, I'm not going to today, this is my day, that is what you do. And don't apologize about it. Self-care is really, really important. Huge. But I think I'd like to make the, just, there are many people, I was working, I'm, I'm working with a young man at the moment. Um, he hadn't been out of his bedroom for five years. Wow. Um, he had become addicted to gaming. 
-hmm. He could not walk to the first lamppost because he hadn't walked. Yeah. And one of the, I've got to make the distinction because part of the challenge for him is when you asked him to do anything that would make him the slightest bit uncomfortable, whether that was physical or emotional, he would, he puts the brakes on. We've only yeah. just started working together. And part of this is the challenge, I think, is working out what's important self-care, mm -hmm. and that's really important, but also where is the level of, um, of challenge mm -hmm. that you're not being self-indulgent mm -hmm. to the point of doing yourself further damage. Right. And that's the challenge because sometimes you get it right, sometimes yeah. you get it badly wrong. But I think for all of this, if you're going to be the, um, the writer of your own uh, life story, your own play, give yourself the part of the hero and not the mm. lead. Mm -hmm. so give yourself the opportunity to try these things. <clears throat> and many people will say, I'm trying, but they get stuck in the quicksand. And yeah. you know, if, you know, if you're watching this, try and move a pen or try and move a cushion. Because in the act of doing, it's no longer trying. Right. So so often it is about do it or don't do it, but don't beat yourself up about it. Do it and do it honestly and recognize that you know, I'm doing this because this feels right rather than I'm doing this because I've got to do or I feel I ought to, or I'm doing this because I am so frightened of stepping out of my comfort zone and being a bit uncomfortable that I'm going to stay stuck. Right. And that is many, many people, that first step, right? It's that first step. You know, it's Yoda that says do, you know, don't say, just do. And because yeah. we've got the lovely Nike logo, just do it. And yeah. I think sometimes, you know, they all fake it until you make it type thing. It's like, Absolutely. believe you are that superhero, you know, the superhero in you. And then everybody has one that wants to come out, wants to be able to do this. And I remember being at boarding school. And our boarding school was in a village and it was surrounded by moors. This is in, in England. And we would go out on these huge walks and the walks would feel so daunting. But our teacher said, you know, we're just going to go and walk over to that tree. When we got to that tree, oh, let's walk over to here now. And now let's go over to here. And the next thing you know, you're home. Yes. We're back at school and it didn't feel that long. Yes. So set yourself up the small steps. Yes. Be triumphant in that first goal, in that first step that you've made. And then you go, you know, it's not as hard as I thought it was. I can do another step. Yeah. But if you look at the whole daunting picture, no, that's always going to cripple you down. So one step at a time. And every journey starts with the first step, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Another analogy that I sometimes use with people is, you know, if you're a meat eater, you wouldn't eat a cow in one sitting. Right. If you've got a dreadful indigestion. <laughs> Meal by meal, mouthful by mouthful. Exactly. You're going to enjoy it. Or a whole field of corn if you're a vegetarian. Yes. Breaking it down into, into bite-sized chunks or single steps makes such a difference. Yeah, it does. And it, it also gives you your chance for your psyche to actually go, you know what, you can do this. Look at that. You didn't think, I know that, you know, um, when I came out of my marriage, I was, you know, it took a while, um, you know, to actually ask for it. And when I actually came out of it, and any time I hit something hard, I look back and go, look what you left. Look what you found the courage 
for yes. the strength for look yes. at what you became because you were willing to place that value upon yourself and every time something gets hard i remind myself what i've already achieved and if yes. i could do it then i can do it now okay give yourself a hug you know, a little love. You can have a pity party for five minutes and now get on with it. <laughs> it's interesting because we've shifted our first part of our conversation was very much about the macro. Right. We're outside our control. And now we've started talking about what is within our control. Yes. And for me, that's the secret of dealing with social depression. Right. But if you focus on the big stuff over which you feel you have, very little control it becomes completely and utterly overwhelming and you start to live in that sense of uncertainty and fear and overwhelm but action by action moment by moment in our own personal lives we can make a difference yeah smiling you know, yeah makes you feel good doing things that make you laugh doing something for other people, being of service, random acts of kindness, um, enjoying nature, being in the moment, you know, recognizing it's autumn here, the colors are just stunning, that as you drive, instead of being focused on where you've got to go, it, of course, eyes on the road, but yes. actually enjoying yes. uh, what you see. You know, most people have... Um, either a family or they have pets you know there are things there to be grateful for and things that can make you laugh um, and laughter i think is a great laughter and exercise are the two big stress busters yes um and if you can do them both um all to the better but i think you know ultimately you are the arbiter you are the arbiter of you and i'm the arbiter of yep. my, the quality of my life and everybody who's watching or listening to this it is your choice everything we do is a choice even not choosing exactly choice, and every choice has consequences and often it's the not choosing where things have the the most far-reaching effect because they're almost under the radar aren't they they just yeah. drift on and feel as if they get bigger the, the la 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 you know hands over the head and over the eyes i don't want to see i don't want to know i'm not going to choose you've just chosen absolutely yeah i you know by moment we have a choice as to whether we're going to get the best out of life or we're not right and you know this is i think the mindful thing for us to do is that it's very, very easy to get caught up in the global hysteria. You know, having been just come back from the UK and being there for, for 19 days on Brexit, 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 Brexit. You guys live with it all the time. After 19 days of it, I was saturated with it. We get enough of three years of it. Right. And, and we've, you know, we've had Trumpism, which we've had for the last three years. And I'm in Canada and we still get it, right? Um, the whole thing is it's very easy to get caught up with it. They said what? They did what? What mudslinging is happening now? It's very easy to get upset. But at some point, take that deep breath and go, okay, are you contributing to the negative energy? Yeah. Or can you change something about it? Can you change the reaction to it? Can you change the dialogue around it? And we cripple ourselves by believing we can't do anything because we get caught up in the helplessness of it all because that's the hysteria vibe right yeah. 
But if we step back and go, you know what, the more I rise up within my own life, my own vibration, my own empowerment, the more I'm able to contribute to the solution. And I invite you and I invite you to join me. Let us, instead of feeding the negative, feed what is positive, what we can do about it. And collectively, we start shifting the entire consciousness. Because isn't it interesting, in a couple of weeks' time in the UK, it's going to be a, a big charitable event called Children in Need, which happens mm-hmm. every year. People come together, they, they interact with each other in a way that they don't at any other time of the year. Right. They do silly things, and it's all focused on doing something to help children within the UK, but around the world, live a better life. Right. And they have a common purpose. Um, they're doing it in ways that are fun. Yeah. And I do think being playful and lighthearted is something that's incredibly important. And everybody feels good. It's a night on television where you're watching group after group of, of, of people getting out of their comfort zone, yeah. doing something that's not normal for them in order to support and help others. So for me, it's got the recipe of a perfect life, if you like, because it's got um, people who are caring and compassionate about each other and the world. They're coming together in a sense of connectivity. They are doing something which makes, for the most part, makes them smile. And although they're doing it for children who some of their, their situations are pretty desperate, either right. through illness or disability or bereavement or uh, poverty or you know, all sorts of things. But what people are doing is saying, in my small way, I can make a difference and I am choosing to make that difference. And they have raised millions and millions of pounds for causes they don't take any money for uh, administration every penny that's earned goes to these little uh, they're not the big charities they're the Mm -hmm. little unsung heroes in each community that are making a difference day by day to children's lives now wouldn't it be great if we had i'm not talking necessarily talking about it being charitable events um but events where we come together to do something positive where you know, people are supportive of one another, where you can have a good laugh. Yes. Um, and we can be lighthearted, but at the same time, have a sense of purpose, which is about being of service. I, I hold a luncheon every month for um, women entrepreneurs. And although we're all in business, it's not a business meeting. It's mm-hmm. about life. It's about challenges. It's about mm-hmm. laughter. But it's also like, you know, I've come into this problem and then let somebody else say, ah, okay, have you tried this? Have you tried that? That camaraderie of support with one yes. another. And women are very good at this. You know, men, I think, are still learning. Yes. But it's okay for you guys to get it. Stop competing with one another. Yes. Just simply relax and enjoy each other. And while you're at it, throw out something and see what somebody's idea is on it. We've also, I think, got into this thing that we need to prove ourselves all the time. Uh, instead of saying, look, this is my ingredient in the dish. Yeah. And everybody else put an ingredient in. And let's look at the whole dish and yeah. how we've done this together. Because we've been told everything has to be individual, individual. And no, it's collaborative. 
if we could start bringing collaboration and no matter what else we're doing in the world where we all collaborate together we'll all bring the ingredients into the dish we're going to end up with a feast that really feeds multiple areas of our lives and, and society but i don't want to hear competitive i want to hear collaboration i would suggest to you that again go back to cavemen and women yeah could not survive unless we collaborated yes in fact the greatest um punishment was being um, isolated yeah. because yeah. your likelihood of survival was was pretty remote right and i think whether I, I suspect it was probably in the, in the 80s when suddenly it stopped being about working together and started yeah. to be, you know, top dog and, and competition. And I, it's an interesting one because I think competition in the sense of, you know, if you look at, at athletes, for example, yes. uh, wanting to be the best you can be, I think the competition has to be with oneself yes. rather than with other people. Yeah. Am I doing my best? Am I... Am I um, challenging any limiting beliefs or limiting behaviours? But, you know, where people are at each other's throats and trying to do each other down, not only does it do the other person down, but in that we diminish ourselves, I think. Yes, there's, there's the young, you know, activist right now, the climate activists. Um, yeah. And... Um, you know, she was in America. She was recently here in Canada and went down very well. But she was in America. And then because she has Asperger's, you know, um, people came out. Oh, she's mentally retarded. She's this and that. Um, the way she handles everything, you know, the more protesting you give, the more you show yourself. You don't show me. And that's the point is that if you're so busy to bring somebody else down, you know, it's not them you're hurting. It's yourself that you're hurting. Because if you have to bring somebody else down to put yourself up, then you really need to have a good look at the mirror and go, what is so insecure within yourself that you need to do that to tear other people down to make you more important? Because that is something that we all need to address in ourselves. You know, the finger pointing, the three pointing back at you. Being right, I think, is highly overrated. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. If you're flying my plane or you're doing an operation yes. on my brain, yes. I want you to do yes. it right. Thank yes, you. please. But in terms <laughs> of an argument, how many people win or think they win the argument by having the last word or right. flouncing out and slamming the door? But in winning the argument, they diminish the relationship. Yes. And yes. I think for me... You know, having the strength to to recognise that we don't have all the answers, and actually, your opinion might differ to mine, but it's just as valid. But are we meant to have all the answers? Where's this thing that we're meant to have all this knowledge? We're not. We were always designed to be a part of the equation, and bring those equations together. You you look at the way a computer is made. You look at. Uh, you look at even take from the medical system, there's dentists, there's eye doctors, there's liver doctors, there's heart doctors, there's this doctor. Everybody has a specialty. And when they're needed, they come together yes. to work on the whole. What is this thing, this pressure that we need to be all and know all? I don't well, understand that. And what's even more interesting for me is that when people don't know, they believe that they will be diminished by not knowing. Yeah. So they make it up and they make it sound as if it's absolute fact. 
might be talking about somebody who tweets a lot yes <laughs> well, i have to say they're not the only one right i was working i i do some couple coaching and i was working with a couple again a fairly new uh, couple i'm working with um and they were when they arrived they were so busy talking getting their point across that nobody was doing any listening no no i think we've been given two ears and a mouth one mouth for a very good reason right yes um, but they were so busy being right that in that they had lost the fact that they were actually destroying their relationship and i think it comes from a point of insecurity yeah yeah i think people who have to be right right um very often have poor self-esteem what yep. they have is big egos. Big and egos all, or the insecurity. Yeah. Insecurity, yeah. Yes. Well, I think that's, for me, an ego is pretty much the same thing. Well, you know, yeah, at the end of the, um, I um, had a course that was the importance of you, which is placing importance on your own well-being, but that's very different to self-importance, which you said oh, something similar earlier. Yeah. That self-importance is driven by your ego, and as long as you are all right, Jack, who cares who suffers for it? You know, as long as you're all right and we see that a great deal but um and that is always insecurity driven because if you're secure secure with yourself you don't need to prove yourself every five yeah. minutes yeah. um but it's also i think this need for validation you know I, I do you see me do you hear me because you may be listening but do you actually hear what i have to say and i think for most couples or most people that are dealing with things they don't feel heard I think that's very true. And I think one of the, the challenges in modern day is there is so much white noise. Right. There's so much going on that how often does somebody stop and give you their undivided attention, eyeball to eyeball, yes. I see you, I hear you. Um, and and I, I want to listen to you. And are prepared to listen yeah. rather than trying to prepare the answer. Right, right. So they're not listening at all, really. Yeah. Uh, and I think that makes such a lot of difference. When it begins to happen, then relationships, whether you're talking about personal relationships or professional relationships, mm. they change significantly for the better. It's the relationship with self too, though, isn't it? You know, because you know, because we've all got that negative dialogue. I mean, you know, I um, I find myself down again, and my son picks it up. You know, go, mom, that doesn't match who you are. And I say, yeah, it's old residual patterning. I'm feeling a little insecure at the moment. Comes up, and it's like triggered, aren't we, into old stuff at times? Yeah. Me, the 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 thing is. How long you stay there? Yes. And how are you aware? I, oh no, I, I missed you. Yeah, I dismissed yeah. you a long time ago. What are you still doing here? <laughs> Buzz off. Shut the hell up. Actually. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just rereading a book by Eckhart, Eckhart Tolle, The Power yeah. of Now, which I read some time ago. I just started rereading it today, and you know he was talking about being watching watchful of our thoughts right rather than entering into them what's really going on here you yeah. know because when you are able to to watch them without any judgment yeah then you start to get to the place where you can have that stillness and ultimately that sense of connection and i think if we were all more still within yeah. ourselves 
and gave ourselves more opportunity, if you add that to actually more connection with other people instead of division, and for me that connection comes through from actually caring about your neighbour, your colleague, your family member or whatever, um, and being prepared to to take some action um, in your own world to make something within it better, then everything would improve. The ripple effect. Live from a place of love, and I don't mean pink and fluffy love. Right. Because true love can be quite exacting. It's it's not about being indulgent. It is about wanting the best for yourself and other people, and actually being prepared to take the action that will make the difference. And it, it can be just a small thing, because it, you know, that that it ripples out, right? Yeah. Uh, I just did a show this last week with um, a reoccurring. She used to be my co-host on Channeling Ascensions, and it's on Ignite Your Heart and Soul this week, this last week, and it was actually on being alone with self. And you know how many people can actually be alone in their own company oh, and enjoy it. And how? And when we define alone, that's alone without the telly on. Right. Yes. Yes. Just being and not feeling lonely, but yes. enjoying being alone with self. Yeah. I and you know I I've met so many people who come as clients and learning to have a great to be their own best friend to appreciate who they are and I think being ready and able and enjoying one's own company is part of that. Yes. Because if you don't enjoy your own company. <laughs> you're then totally dependent upon other people, aren't you? But also, if you don't enjoy your own company, why should somebody else? Well, that's true. But lots of people um, will go out of their way to be good company to other people. Mm -hmm. But not to themselves. To themselves. Yeah. You know, it just strikes me that that, whatever comes at the end of this life, nobody really knows. Mm -hmm. So it makes... It makes sense, doesn't it, to give yourself the very best opportunity to enjoy this life. That's what it's for. You well, know, you know, we're, we're here is this, you know, beautiful blank slate with a whole load of DNA memory from past lives. And we're here in that self-discovery of what we're here for. What is our instrument? Which orchestra do I join? How do I learn to play this? Who does it have an effect on? And how does it lift my own heart and soul? How does it give me meaningful purpose? Because that is the journey of life. And, you know, we talked before about having many jobs, but there's going to be many directions happening in your life, many chapters in your own book of life. And you want each chapter to be something that you would enjoy reading, that you would like to look back on and go, yeah, really, that chapter, I really got out and did things. Or that chapter was a tough one, but look, I came out of it. And the next chapter was a great one for me. So be excited about your own book of life, right? Absolutely. And how many people do you know that fear failure? (laughs) When things go wrong, it's a failure. Oh, dear, poor me. Rather than... What can I learn? Because we don't learn very often. We don't learn when things go right, but we learn no. a hell of a lot when things go wrong. I just but call I, it redirects. Yeah. It, it because, you know, that didn't work. So redirect it to something else, you know, just keep on trying until you find something that works. But instead of failure, because failure is always something that, you know, you did not succeed at it, so therefore you must have done something wrong. That's how we've put failure at. I look at it, that didn't work. 
okay, so I'm going to redirect my energy or my thought and my process to something else that might work uh, and just keep on at it because Einstein did and that's why we have a light bulb. My definition of failure is that you fail to give it a go, then mm. it's a bad thing, or you fail to learn from it. Right, yeah. And the other thing is that people are frightened of succeeding. Yes. And, yes. you know, people, I think it's about 50-50, rather than stepping into that place where you're going to, to give of your best and you're going to be curious and playful and if it, you know, a decision rather than it being right or wrong, it's just different. Yeah. And, and experience is an opportunity to learn. I mean, that, our whole life journey is about learning, isn't it? Yeah. That's yes. what we're here to do. And so... And what do you do with that knowledge? You know, the thing is, is it's not about just gathering the knowledge. No, it's gathering the wisdom to know what to do with the knowledge, Right. It's not an a, a dusty encyclopedia right. yep. in, in a shelf. It is, as you say, it's a tool with which to then yeah. make, and for me, it's always about making a positive difference. How, right. can I, how can I use what I've learned to make a positive difference to other people? And that positive difference may just be that it's a stranger in the street and you smile and say good morning. And it could be the only person that person has uh, you could be the only one that has actually spoken to them all day you, know, you can make a difference yeah. in, in the <laughs> acts so long as you do it with intention i go down to a little bakery here called the dutch bakery in in uh, victoria because i love their vanilla creams so i pop yeah. in there for afternoon tea and i see so many of us all on our own and i always try and sit next to somebody that's on her own and try and engage a conversation because I know that sometimes I enjoy the conversation. I enjoy where do they come from? What's their life? I love that. But also for some of them, the reason they're out there is because they need people and interaction around them. And I think one of the saddest things, you know, never mind social depression, I think one of the saddest things that we see today is loneliness. I, I think where, part of, I would yeah. say that's been a very big strand of social depression. Yeah. And it's because people don't feel the belong. I mean, we, you know, the village was only as strong as everyone's participation. And we never left anybody alone. They were always included. They were always looked after. They were always felt valued, even if they had, quote, quote, retired. And now yeah. we just seem to either stick them in a home or they're living on their own and they're forgotten because mm -hmm. we're too busy chasing our own tails that we forget that there's people out there. How do we bring people together? And sometimes it is that acknowledgement. It's a nice day, isn't it? Oh, what yeah. terrible weather today. Yeah. Start a conversation with someone. Yes. You show your UK roots talking about the weather. It's a good door opener, isn't it? Sometimes <laughs> it's that, that one to just get the gap and you know whether they're going to open a door or yeah. not. Right. You know, and if I see that door shut and the eyes are down, okay. Um, but you know, then it might be that door opener where you can slide on in. But just and, inviting the connection. Yes. Yes. If everybody took the time to speak to someone that they don't know, um, you know, going on the train, in the lift, walking yeah. down the road, and just said hi and smiled and good day. I think you know 
even that just lifts your spirits, doesn't it? Why have we become so afraid of the person sitting next to us? We, we've been taught somewhere along the line subliminally that everybody's an enemy. Exactly. Keep your eyes down. Don't communicate. You can't trust anyone. Exactly. And, you know, when you look at the statistics of those that are bad to those that are good, the good are far outweigh, but we put all the emphasis on the bad. How it's about we look at each other and say hello and find out for ourselves? But the news is only news if it's... Sells fear or yeah. it's negative you know we'll get the little sweetener at the end of the yeah. program when they give you the nice story about the dog or the, the the musician or whatever um but i think we have become so um exposed to news and you know the celebrity news celebrities are built up and then as soon as they're famous the news the media want to knock them down oh yeah There's something about yeah. Um, the negativity which surrounds us on a daily basis and I believe it's it's a it's for me it equates to Ebola or to bubonic plague yeah the it mob is, mentality right how it spreads it is, so quickly it, it yeah. spreads quickly and it can leave you feeling lifeless and powerless right and I think it's time that we all individually took the power into our own hands to say enough these things may be happening. But I'll give you an example of where people have made a difference. David Attenborough put on the Blue Planet program. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he, was, he shared his concern about plastics, um, particularly in the sea, although there's as much concern on land. I don't know about Canada, but in England or in the UK, group after group after group has been set up to go and crawl the beaches and pick up uh, plastic litter there are there are now uh, movements to uh, ban plastic straws one yeah. use plastic he has galvanized the ordinary person in the mm -hmm. street to take action and we are seeing the wave growing and things happening wouldn't it be wonderful if we instead of being the victims to social depression yes started to take control and say do you know what we are not going to allow them to be divisive we're not going to allow this fear to penetrate our very soul we are going to stand up and start to recognize the good in people because most people are intrinsically yes. good the best yes. they can we're going to be positive. Even when bad things happen, good things can come out of it. And it's how we as people yeah. utilize that opportunity that's gonna make a difference. You know, if you're listening to this, watching this, you have the capacity to make small changes that will make a big difference if you do it consistently. It's the commitment, it's the participation, yeah. It is the, you know, it is the, uh, I call, you know, my new word is actionism instead mm -hmm. of activism. You yes. know, it is, again, you do not have to go out and fill the whole reservoir. You know, every single drop of kindness counts. And I think if we can simply, simply turn around and be kind to one another, 
Yeah. Be kind to yourself. We I was just about to say, yeah. being yes. kind to yes. That's the way you start. Have a, I, I used to, in my own um, therapy with my clients, I have them have good conversations with their, with their mirror. It is very, very hard to look at yourself eyeball to eyeball and pull the wool over your own eyes. Yes. Right? Because your face is looking back at you. You know when you're conning yourself. And it's like, if you are so negative, if you are feeling so down, if you are all of that, have a good conversation with the mirror and go, but why? Too much news? Stop watching it. Around too many negative people? Don't see them anymore. Feel helpless? Go and do something that's empowering for someone else. Whether it's a small thing, a big thing, whatever you want to do, be proactive. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. It's all about participation, isn't it? In our own lives, in our own empowerment, we bring them that empowerment to other people and that ripple effect. You know, we keep saying the domino, the ripple effect, but that is the whole thing about quantum physics is the ripple effect of energy. And when you've stepped into a higher energy, like 580 hertz for, for love, when you've stepped into that higher energy, it automatically starts sending out a beacon. Beep, 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 And it invites other people to rise up to that frequency. So we are the solution we seek. Yeah. With a problem, but we're also the solution. It doesn't need many people to reach critical mass, does no. it? Just tip the scale. That's it. Absolutely. Yeah. So I hope everybody that is watching this will, you know, choose over the next few days, collect gratitudes. Yes. I think it's a very powerful exercise. As you go through the day, just look at little things that you can be grateful for. Make it easy. So for me, the natural world is a really great source of, of um, gratitudes. Good plumbing, you know, hot showers. I was away for the weekend on a on a, a course, and there were communal showers which were dire um, because they didn't run. I like mine really hot. When I got home, I was so grateful for my shower. Mm -hmm. You know, when the cat does something that that makes me laugh, a great cup of tea, a friend phoning, and then all the way through the day, you can't collect a gratitude without being in the moment. Right. And then just before you go to sleep, scan the day and choose your top three or your top five. And what it does is it's, you go to sleep while, you are, while you're sleeping, you, you, um, you go through the day anyway and, and take the learning from it. And if you go to sleep on a positive, over a few days, a week, two weeks, you start to feel different. Yeah. Do it for a month and it becomes a habit and I've got many clients who do this with their children they get yeah. them to collect gratitude and it's one of the things they do before the child goes to bed and they have the family uh, whoever's putting the children to bed so what are your gratitudes these are mine and they share them and I think that's a lovely way of ending the day for the children and for the adults very it's, simple cost nothing no very powerful and and that whole vibrational energy in there helps you sleep better and yes. then the, when you wake up you wake up to the possibilities not to the improbabilities Absolutely. you know the youngest person i've interviewed was 10 had written a book 365 days of gratitude where she had every single day simple things she was gratitude to and, and grateful about you know one of the statements she said is i don't understand if you're unhappy at something why don't you go and do something that makes you happy wise words 
they say out of the mouth of babies, yeah. don't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very old soul and a very wise one, I would yeah. say. Why do we stay in unhappiness? Are we wallowing in our own self-pity? Oh, look at me, I'm suffering. You know, it, you know, it's okay to have a good bitch now and again and moan if you're feeling, especially if you have physical challenges. Yes, you need to have someone share you and give you some love. But just to be bitching and moaning all day long, how is it making you feel? Probably not very good. No. I, I, I agree with you. And I, it's certainly the way in which I live my life. And it's the way I've managed very significant physical challenges. Yeah. And it, I've now worked with thousands of people and they have found it works for them too. Right. And That's so, simple wisdom of knowledge being passed on. Yes. And really, when it comes down to it, it is always the simple things, isn't it? Yeah, it's not rocket science. No. You analyze it, you think, well, isn't that common sense? Yes. I think it's very strange that we call it common sense because often it's pretty rare. <laughs> yes. Or we may know it, but we don't apply it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yes. That yes. application is key, folks. You can't, yes. the engine ain't got to work if you're not going to push the button or turn the key. <laughs> no, that, that's very true. Now, we're going to be doing another show in a couple of weeks, all to do about your new program. So can you tell everybody about that as well, please? Because they also have on this blog um, a link back to everything that you're going to be doing. But can you let our audience know right now what is going to be coming up on our next show? Um, I'm about to launch the Enlightened Leadership Program. It's the culmination of 30 years work, working with uh, developing uh, transformational leadership. And I've created it um, because I've become so concerned working with organizations and with clients, uh, individual clients, that I believe the quality of leadership is, is pretty dire in so many places mm -hmm. and could be much better even in those places when it's good. So it has two distinct uh, interwining uh, strands working on the basis that in order to lead other people well and in an enlightened way, you need to lead yourself first. Yes. So one whole part of this program is about developing yourself um, personally and spiritually. And the other half is looking at conventional leadership, but also taking that into the place. This is for developing the spiritual matriarchs and patriarchs, people who want to make a difference. Mm -hmm. People who want to lead with integrity, heart and compassion. Yeah. It's been months long. It's been accredited by CPD, which is the biggest kite marker of professional development in the UK. Um, and it's it's not it's not a um, it's not a quick fix. Right. It's really for those people who want to work on themselves uh, and become enlightened leaders who can lead people, develop their potential, and become um, self-organizing teams. Um, it looks at using your intuition. It looks at what's your living legacy going to be. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited about it. As I say, it's the culmination of 30 years work. I know it works. I've now used it in, in my own organization and I've developed it even further with many, many organizations and individuals since. And it all gets launched the week after next. Excellent. And we will be doing a show bringing you all about that um, and where we're going to break it down exactly, you know, what it means. And, you know, leadership isn't about you being up there and telling everybody what to do. 
you know, leadership is being that inspiration that invites people to know what they can do. You're leading them to become leaders in their own lives. Absolutely. And, but until you're a leader in your own life, how can someone follow you? And what do you represent? And we need it. The, having done many, many, many shows on, on the new business paradigm, it is now the heart consciousness uh, of stepping into it. It's like putting people and planet before profit, yes. not yes. profit at the expense of. And it's, it again requires new thought process. Uh, which will be followed by different forms of action and inclusion and and be you know I was saying business it's not about this is my business persona this is my personal persona you are your persona in business and You're out dominator, aren't you? yes exactly fascinating I've worked with many organizations now and where the leaders have become enlightened and work in the way in which that um, the, the program helps people, supports people to develop. Interestingly, productivity goes up, yeah. relationships are better, profitability goes up. Why? Because you are embracing and um, celebrating mm -hmm. the expertise, skills, enthusiasm, potential of everybody. Right. You are no longer, I've got to do it myself because then at least I know it's done properly. Right. But you are growing people who have uh, sharing your vision and taking responsibility for their performance in a very different way. But it has to start with you. Yep. Bottom line, that's it. You are your business, right? Yes, exactly. Well, I'm looking forward to doing that show with you and breaking it down there because, um, you know, I'm really passionate about that in, um, in the sense that, you know, everything we, we want in life, we have to be in life. You know, we don't get it just because I demand it. We get it because we have worked for it. We've become it. You know, it's, we want people to work with us. We've got to be people who are willing to work with other people gain yes. that collaboration. So uh, stay tuned folks here on this posting. Um, you will see um, the, the link to that as well and the whole breaking down of what we're going to be talking about and when that show comes up. And then of course in November having you back with uh, Dr. Uh, Marilyn Joyce where we're going to be talking about um, festive stress and how to avoid it because yes. people get so stressed up around Christmas whether you're in business or, or whether your business gets affected by the retail business or, or whether you are purchasing and you've got to get that perfect gift, the stress level is really high. Yes. So that is another one that will be coming up. So how do people get hold of you right now? Where did they discover more about the program? How do they get hold of you and learn more about you and all of your books, which again are listed right here on this blog? Um, if you go to the website, https colon forward slash forward slash genuinely, then a hyphen and then the word you, genuinely hyphen you dot co, you'll find all of the books in the book section. Uh, you'll find um, all of the, the lots of free stuff, um, but you'll also find um, the programs there. The leadership program, um, the website's just about um, to go live and that's https colon forward slash forward slash enlightenedleadership.co so enlightenedleadership.co and you can find all about the leadership program there wonderful and a kit here in selfdiscoverymedia.com all you have to do is put in her name gina 
Gardner and you will see all of the shows because she will actually have her own three show page there and so you just need to put in her name right now it's just this one show and what the leadership program is going to be then the leadership program and the other show so she'll have her own her own page here on selfdiscoverymedia.com um Always a delight to speak with you, Gina, always. Thank you very much, likewise. And I look forward to the next one because uh, we really do have to change the way we do business. Um, and, and not just the leadership in businesses, but the leadership you know, uh, on the home front in, in anything else that we do in life because we are our own product and we've got to represent and uh, what you put out there is what people are going to buy. So do you really want them purchasing something that is going to be negative or positive. So you've got to step into self. So I look forward to that show and to the other ones coming up. But thank you so much for being with us here today and sharing about social depression and what we can do about it. My pleasure. Lovely to speak to you as always. Take care. Until next time, folks, remember this. If you find yourself getting stressed out and it's just all too much information, stop looking it up, stop listening to it, stop reading the papers and start looking at those little things to be grateful for. Start doing some acts of kindness and start off by being kind to yourself. Because remember, whatever the problem is out there, you are the solution. Until next time, bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show and were inspired to come and visit us at selfdiscoverymedia.com and see what other shows we have for you. And please do visit our selfdiscoverycommunity.org and see how you can be a part of giving back. Thank you very much.